Don't ever laugh as a hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in bloody sheets to drop you six feet underneath. They put you in a pine wood box and cover you up. This week, we head to the mystical land of Michigan. Lake Michigan, in fact, right here in the U.S. Why? Well, there's a triangle that supposedly has more strange occurrences than that wacky one in Bermuda. Listener discretion is always advised. All aboard the Midnight Train. Hello, passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. Yes, we make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. And yes, we are a comedy podcast and things can get pretty dark pretty quick. So if you're not into that, listen to Hard Feelings, we understand. But if you are, thanks for being just as twisted and screwed up as we are. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic Jonathan Sayre. Oh, you give yourself a call. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And with me is Logan. And guess what? We actually have somebody returning, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together in your house or in your car, wherever you're at right now, for the return of Mr. Jeff Butchko. Well, hi. Hi, sir. How's it going? It's going. It feels good, man. Yeah. Just so everyone feels. knows. Does it feel good? Yeah. Yeah. Feels yeah. good to be I don't back. know about this chair. Yeah. Well, it's very like goodwill, like $25, and then you got to have a friend help you haul it to the car kind of chair. It, but... it wasn't like that until Mr. Moody sat there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He warmed it up. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of Mr. Moody, he is actually on a uh, Sasquatch sabbatical, which I didn't even know was a thing. And uh, so apparently he's just going to be touring the world. Searching for Sasquatch. Yeah, it's a little different than deer. You can actually get multiple tags. Oh. So, you know, like doe, you get one tag. Okay. I think you get one. Sasquatch, it's kind of like a combination. Okay. Where you get three total. Oh. So, I think he's hoping he's going to stock the fridge with three Sasquatch meats. Can they be, you know how you can only get like one buck and two doe? Is it, can you get two males and one female or is it like, it's just a combination? I think it's a combination because they're so hard to find. Okay. Well, well he'll we're, be. We're, we're hoping he finds one. Okay. Because I want to try it, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I can only yeah. Sasquatch meat? Could you imagine the back strap on a Sasquatch? Oh, Ooh. dude. Sauteed. Oh, God. Mm. Beer battered and fried. Oh, yeah. Oh. Sasquatch bacon. Put in a Traeger grill and just. Yeah. Like, See, I'm, I'm more looking for the smoky, the the, the, the smoky style. The Sam Squanch jerky. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. A little sausage. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good. I bet it's got a pepperoni aftertaste. You think? Maybe. I just feel like it would. Maybe. I feel like it wouldn't be as gamey. Yeah. Are they vegetarians? Yes, actually, from what I've heard. Okay, so it's probably going to yeah, be. They should be. Pretty, pretty, pretty of, good. Lots of berries. So he will be calling in from time to time to let us know how he is doing. And of course, we hope that he gets himself at least two, right? At least two. Right. Yeah. You got to feed the family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going to be out there for a while. Right. In the cold. Right. You know what I mean? And his wife and kids are back at home, probably missing him. Right. You know, I hope he has a compass. 
You think he has a compass? I don't think Moody knows how to use a compass. I think he is more like old school. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's like yeah. a sundial. Yeah. Or puts a stick on the ground. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sun? He's that guy that goes out into the woods and finds the moss on the other side of the tree. Yeah. <laughs> picks it up and nibbles on it. <laughs> he's oh. like, oh, yeah, we're going the right way. Civilization yeah. is 300 kilometers. Oh, well, well it's we'll shit. have to ask him when he calls in. Yes. And find out the truth. Yes. yes. He's going to give us the truth. That's yeah. what he's going to do. So listen. Of course, we're going to save the business stuff until the end, so let's get into it. Let's turn down the lights, adjust our seats, grab a drink, and let's get spooky. But first, here's a toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers. Ooh. Sounds better in headphones in person. Yeah? Yeah. You like that? That's good. Had to get you humped up. Optimus Prime? That's good. That is actually pretty good. Yeah, it's good, good. Yeah. I've never noticed that, like, listening on my radio, because I listen to every episode. Yeah. But, like, I've never noticed that little tail and wah, blah, 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I call it the Optimus Prime fart. It's like your signature. Like, you're signing off. Yeah. Like, this is done. Gold record. Boom. Yeah. Do, do you think yes. I could, do you think I could get that so I can use it as my, like, morning alarm clock? Yeah. Oh, good. good. I got you, brother. He really wants to have sex to it. Oh. Oh. You read my mind. See? See, I was trying to be a little geek. That's dead. Are you done yet? So, listen. Listen, we know that we were not here last week, and we are so sorry about that. I was sicker than shit, and just all kinds of shit hitting the fucking fan all at one time. We apologize. You know, we don't often miss uh, weeks. And so I, I just want to say I'm sorry for that. Um, from a personal aspect, I never get sick. And I was sick. So, hey, sometimes you got to race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it no, it wasn't fucking COVID. So everyone out there, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it wasn't COVID. Did you get your booster? <laughs> you better I, get your booster. I haven't gotten my booster yet. Yeah. I, I, I get mine next Friday. Yeah. And I don't even know why I'm doing it. Actually, I know why I'm doing it. Yeah. Do we want to spin off here real quick? Yeah. My mother, I love her, but God, is she crazy. Oh, yeah. I've had COVID. I survived COVID. You guys remember it. I shit myself in the hospital. Yep. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was fun. And I've got both vaccines. According to what you see online and scientists, and, and I don't know if the CDC has admitted it yet, but people who have survived COVID and got the vaccines have like a strong immune antibody system built up. Yeah. So I feel, I feel personally that I don't need to get it. Right. But my mom, you know, like most mothers, is the worry wart. Right. Dude, she wouldn't even talk. We had my son's birthday party. 13, by the way. It's crazy. Yeah. Nice. That's, oh, that's crazy. Know. Yeah. Holy so she comes over to the birthday party. She walks up my porch. I'm like, hey, mom, how's it going? She knew. <laughs> right inside. Because I told her I wasn't going to get a booster. Uh, she's not even talking. So then I was like, cold oh, shoulder. I'm like, I'll never mm. hear the end of this. So I said, well, my wife's got to get it because she falls in that 100 person uh, employee thing at her work. Yeah. yeah. So she's got it. I'm like, well, fuck it. My wife's going to get it. I'm going to get it. So you just fucking get it. I scheduled it. Gives a shit. And I sent her the text. She put with the little smiley emojis and put, thank God. It's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> stupid. There's Anyways, so, that was my story yeah. about the boost. The boost, get your booster. There are so many people that are just anti the whole thing. And and listen, it, you do you. you mm-hmm. That's fine. But yeah. then again, let me do me. So whatever. It's for everybody to figure out. It really is. Right? And you know, and you shouldn't be, I'm so sick and tired of this. these people like, oh, he's not wearing a mask, but an asshole. Or you know what? We're all in this together. We all live together. Yeah, there's fucking mm-hmm. people are, Oh, 
Okay. Just be, be. My, my mic just went limp. <laughs> it needs a booster. <laughs> of course, Jeff is back and now he's breaking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, just yeah. you know what? Leave everybody alone. Yeah. Do your own thing. Let people do their own thing, and we're, we're all going to be just fine. Yes. Okay. In 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 the the best thing best way I could put it is shut the fuck up. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. For right, everybody. Right, Logan. There. Right. Yeah. Did you get your booster? Uh, you son of a bitch. He's not vaccinated. No. You're not vaccinated? No, no, no. I don't know if I could be in this room. I know. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. Don't leave me. Oh, yeah. I'm scared. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we are going back to the creepy, mysterious, and strange this week. We're heading up to Lake Michigan, where tons of ships and planes have gone missing and other odd things have occurred in what is known as the Lake Michigan Triangle, something I actually didn't really know about until somebody mentioned it somewhere else, and I was like, wait a minute. Was this a fan suggestion? No, this I actually heard this on another podcast, just a real okay. quick little quip about it. And I'm like, no, I thought they were fucking with me. Yeah. So then I went and looked at it. I was like, oh, shit. Have you been to Lake Michigan in person? I've been to, to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the market. <laughs> it's on the wing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I ever have. I've, I've flown over it. Yeah, I've seen it same. from a plane, but yeah. I've never actually been. Have you been there, yes, Logan? I have, actually. You have? Yeah. It's actually very, very is pretty. It, is it as dirty as, like, per se, Edgewater? Uh, no, actually. Lake Michigan is beautiful. One of the only few it's clean, places. Right? Yeah, oh, it's super clean. The okay. water there is Frigid though. I just want to paint a picture in my head it's as very, we go along here. Very you know what I mean? blue. It's very deep. And Edgewater cold. is our. It's our basically. It's our part of Lake Erie here in Northeast it's Ohio. It's our dumpster. I mean, there's yeah. floating yeah. diapers and hot dogs. It's and... not as bad as it used to be. Yeah. I literally saw a turd floating by me one time. <laughs> not even joking. True story. I was in there with my cousins, and back when I was younger, that's where you went. You didn't. We didn't have a pool. Yeah. So we went to the lake. We're out there swimming around, and I'm not a swimmer, so I didn't go out very far. But all of a sudden, this fucking turd comes floating by. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh! so I run out real quick and I find the lifeguard. And I'm like, dude, hey, dude, he looks down at me. He's like, what's up, dude? I'm like, there's shit floating out there. And he just looks at me and goes, there's all kinds of shit. Yeah, I mean, like, what's he going to do about it? <laughs> he's got a little net. He That's all he's down there. There's all kinds of shit floating out there. I was like, I'm done. He's I'm probably done. some big Italian man just sitting in the water. like, <laughs> Yeah, dude, it, this was a girth one, too. Yeah. This is like somebody just plopped it. It yeah. was, it was, yeah, somebody was constipated. It's dirty. It's yeah. dirty in Cleveland. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. yeah. So listen, all right, full disclosure, being from Ohio, the only reason we're actually covering this is that it's not the actual state of Michigan. Just a lake that was unfortunately cursed with the same name. So we'll only discuss the state if we absolutely have to. And of course, we kid. Is that an Ohio State thing? Or do we? Yes. Yeah, that is Ohio I, figured State that. I figured that was coming. Yeah, they, they spanked us on this last one, man. Yeah. They got us. Yeah, they got us. That's all right. It's cool. We'll be back. Hey, there's always next year, just like the Browns, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, yep, exactly. I'm not a big uh, college football fan at all. Yeah. Um, but I've never seen more people depressed when Ohio. It. Oh, I think there's more of a buildup for Ohio State than there is the Browns. This. So I'm not a sports person, mm -hmm. which I think we've established years ago. But what is what is like the connection that that people have? Okay, so I understand like having a team, rooting for a team, and it's fun, and like you know it's this thing. But like some people are so connected where it's insane. Truthfully, like, they, they get like depressed, and you know why? And I I just watched a documentary about this. I swear oh. to God, I swear to God. And the main reason that these places like uh, uh, Philadelphia 
Um, back when L.A. had a team, and before that, they were uh, who, who were the Raiders before that? They Oakland. Were, Oakland. Yeah. See, I know. I'm not the sports guy. Yeah. I know yeah. that. The reason that those places and Cleveland, we'll put that definitely in there, is because if you think about it, these are blue-collar people where all they really have is that. Right? I got you. So they attach so hard to it because that's the one constant. That's the one thing they have. That's the one thing that brings them joy outside of their miserable, dreary lives. <laughs> yeah. Truthfully, that's what it is. Well, they should listen to the podcast. I mean, yeah, that, well, that's that exactly. Help. That's exactly. They would definitely bring some sunshine. I always wondered if it was like, a, I could have done that or if I could go back. No. Time. Like Uncle Rico, I throw football over that mountain. Yeah. No. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> no, I, no. I think it's just they need something to, they need something to attach to because yeah. maybe, maybe in, a, in some weird subconscious level they feel like they haven't achieved anything so they're hoping that somebody they can live vicariously through I guess them. that's what I was getting to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. Yeah. so let, let us know let us know sports people yeah I would like to know why yeah. people are so because man there's some fanatics dude I've seen people rage oh yeah oh, I've seen like guys yeah. punch their car after a game like leaving the bars be like people have literally been murdered because of the teams they liked <laughs> that's that, crazy that's another yeah. part of that documentary I watched where some dude was outside talking to his kid and they were on the opposing teams or not on opposing teams, but they like the opposing teams. And the one he went back inside joking around with his son because his team's won. And all of a sudden he comes out and these dudes who were fans of the opposing team, you yeah. know, the dad's team or whatever, were fighting his son. So he goes out there and tries to get him off and he pulls a knife, stabs two of them, kills one of them. He's in prison now. One dude's dead. That's insane. Just because the dude had the jersey on. It reminds you know when Moody was talking about that story where he's at the hockey game? Yeah. And all that shit went down. I was thinking when I was listening to that, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Well, and I've witnessed it. My son's in all kinds of sports. I mean, yeah. we were just at his basketball game this weekend. And some of these dads, man, it's just they live through their kids. But anyways, That's back, back yes, to Michigan. Yes, yes. Well, let's start with Michigan. How's that? <laughs> so at any rate, this should be another fun, interesting, historically jam-packed episode full of craziness. So without further ado, let's head to Michigan. God, I never really wanted to say that before, but yeah. you know, whatever. We're, um, by the way, I'm kidding. I really don't give a shit. I actually enjoy Michigan. They have great dispensaries. Y yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're looking to get the Schweed. And it's beautiful up there. It is. It is absolutely beautiful. Mm, Detroit's not so Well, great. that's okay. That's why Detroit's on its own <laughs> let's island. Let's take that out. That's like saying, man, I love Ohio. Eh, but Toledo. You know what I mean? Like, Do we have right. listeners in Detroit? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I, yeah. I'm sorry. We're no, sorry. no, you're not because you live there and you know how bad it is. <laughs> so Lake Michigan is one of the five Great Lakes of North America. It is the second largest of the Great Lakes by volume and the third largest by surface area after Lake Superior and Lake Huron. Lake Michigan is the largest lake by area in one country. Okay? So that's 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 big. It's big. Yeah, that is. Okay? Okay. Uh, hydrologically. Ooh. Uh, one more time? Hydrologically. Nice. Yes. Michigan and Huron are the same body of water, sometimes called Lake Michigan-Huron, mm -hmm. but are typically considered distinct. Counted together, it is the largest body of fresh water in the world by surface area. Ha-ha! <laughs> Take that, everyone else! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the Mackinac Bridge is generally considered the dividing line between them. Its name is derived from the uh, oh, Ojibwa Indian word, Michigami, meaning large lake. It's Algonquin for the good land. Its name, again, Michigami, right? Mm -hmm. We've also seen that the uh, title translated as Big Water, so honestly, we're not sure of the translation, but those are the two we see most often. Lake Michigan touches Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, and Wisconsin. According to the New World Encyclopedia, approximately 12 million people live along the shores of Lake Michigan. That's some money, ladies and gentlemen, too, by the yeah. way. Lakefront property. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. It got. You know how cold it gets, though. Yeah. Yeah, but you know how epic the summers are. Oh yeah. So it would yeah. be worth it. I guess you kind of live. Yeah. Yeah. Live for that. But that'd be awesome though to have like up north during the summer. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. It would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So major port cities include uh, Chicago. Uh, we love Chicago. 2.7 million people there. Mil- Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land. Drink. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, you should drink. <laughs> That's uh, 600,000 people there. Green Bay, Wisconsin with 104. Gary, Indiana, 80,000. I mean, that's that's a good amount of people living around Gary. there. <laughs> Why would you place Gary after name? See, I have a friend named We're Gary. In Bob, Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> and Gary Gary has a really good um, 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 treats. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we call it the Gary. So That's every time I cool. hear Gary, I'm like, oh, Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so water temperatures on Lake Michigan make it to the 60s in July and August and can sometimes make it into the 70s when air temperatures have been in the 90s for several successive days. So it stays relatively cool. Huh. Yeah. yeah. The water of Lake Michigan has an unusual circulatory pattern. It resembles the traffic flow in a suburban cul-de-sac and moves very slowly. Winds and resulting waves keep Lake Michigan from freezing over, but it has been 90% frozen on many occasions. Ocean-like swells, especially during the winter, can result in drastic temperature changes along the coast, uh, shoreline erosion, and difficult navigation. The lake's average water depth is 279 feet. That's deep, people. That is very deep. That's that's that's, deep. Well, it's 85 meters for smart people out there. 100 feet, I think. I think Lake Erie's on. I have no idea. It's like, yeah, like at the deepest point. Yeah. Well, it's maximum depth. Depth. Maximum (laughs) depth is 925 feet. That's crazy. That's deep. 282 meters. Could you imagine the mafia back then putting cement boots on people and dropping them? A bunch of them down there. You're going 925 feet. (laughs) You motherfucker. (laughs) How many is that, Joe? It's a lot. Shut up. (laughs) <laughs> so marshes, tall grass, prairies, savannas, forests, and sand dunes that can reach several hundred feet provide excellent habitats for all types of wildlife on Lake Michigan. Trout, salmon, walleye, and smallmouth bass fisheries are prevalent on the lake. So for all you fisher people out there, the lake is also home to crawfish, freshwater sponges, and sea, a sea lamprey, which is a metallic violet eel species. Yeah, it's like a leech. Oh. Is it? Yeah, lampreys are like leeches. They have you ever seen the sucker fish where it's got like the circle mouth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a lamprey has the same thing, and it's kind of like a leech where a little. So it looks, and then you can't get it like you have to really rip it off like a tick. It looks more like a, it's a, so it's a snakeish thing. Yeah, kill it. Yeah, if I saw one, I'd scream like a girl. And <laughs> yeah, kill it. Paddle as fast as I could. Kill it with fire. Yeah. Yes. The lake is also home to a wide range of bird populations, including water birds such as ducks, Freddy the fox in bird costume, geese. Swans, crows, robins, and bald eagles. Oh. Predatory birds such as hawks and vultures are also prevalent on the lake. This is mainly due to the wealth of wildlife to feast upon. I forgot I put that in there. <laughs> like a while ago. Did you? Because I wanted you to read it on the show and you guys be like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, I already went through this like numerous times. Yeah. So the pebble-shaped Petoskey stone, a fossilized coral, is unique to the northern Michigan shores of Lake Michigan and is the state stone. So for all you people out there that didn't know, Michigan state stone is the Petoskey stone. Oh, yes. see you, uh, yes. gentlemen, run out and get that for your ladies. Yes. yes, definitely make sure you get that. Honey, I got you a Petoskey stone. Oh, it's a Petoskey <laughs> stone. He loves me. Yes. Do you like that? 
<laughs> that was me chewing, sorry. So today, the formation that is recognized as Lake Michigan began about 1.2 billion years ago when two tectonic plates were ripped apart. That's a band name, by the way. What's that? Tectonic plates. Tectonic plates. We should start a metal band. <laughs> we are like a bunch of old dudes. Plates. Yeah. Tectonic plates. Ooh. <laughs> Creating the mid-continent rift, which I didn't know uh, was a thing. Some of the earliest human inhabitants of the Lake, uh, Lake Michigan region were the Hopewell Native Americans. However, their culture declined after 800 A.D. and uh, for the next few hundred years, probably because Chainsaw was there. Um, the area was the home of uh, peoples known as the late woodland Native Americans at that time. Oh, yeah. In the early 17th century, when Western European explorers made their first forays into the region, they encountered descendants of the late woodland Native Americans. The historic Chippewa, uh, Monami, Souk, Fox, Winnebago, Miami, Ottawa, and Potawatomi peoples. You feel yes. like the Chippewa has been everywhere? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if you look at any kind of history, they're, they're fucking everywhere. Not saying that's a bad thing, but it's like, that must have been like the largest tribe. Had to have been. Well, they just went around fucking slaughtering. It was like everyone. them and Pontiac, right? right? The Pontiac, there was a lot of those, too. I used to have a Pontiac. Oh, yeah? Sunfire? Yeah. Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was, I had a Grand Am GT at one point. Ooh, I had a Grand Ooh, Am too. It was fast. Yeah. Yeah. I want a GTO. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, a cool. judge. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So the French explorer Jean Nicolette is believed to have been the first European to reach Lake Michigan, possibly in 1634 and or 1638. Oh. In early European maps of the region, the name of the Lake Illinois of Lake Illinois has also been found to be that of Michigan, named for the Illinois confederation of tribes oh yeah the straits of mackinac were an important native american and fur, uh, fur trade route located on the southern side of the straits is the town of mackinac city michigan the site of fork what the fuck word is this <laughs> <laughs> michla mackinac is that Mitch? Is that what it is yeah michla mackinac you never heard of michla mackinac <laughs> michla mackinac <laughs> michla mackinac <laughs> What's the fucking tax place? <laughs> what? The, ta- the, the place you do your taxes. H&R Block. Oh, H&R Block. Yeah, I feel like you go in there like, Welcome to Mackinac, we'll do your taxes. Welcome to Mitchell Mackinac. <laughs> you want here, your taxes here done? Here at H&R Block. <laughs> here at Mitchell Mackinac. Nice. A, it's a reconstructed French fort founded in 1715 and on the northern side of St. Ignace, Michigan, the site of a French Catholic mission to the Indians founded in 1671. It's been around for a whirl. In 1673, Jacques Marquette, Louis, Louis, <laughs> Juliette, and their crew of five Métis voyageurs followed Lake Michigan to Green Bay and up the Fox River, nearly to its headwaters, searching for the Mississippi River. By the late 18th century, the eastern end of the Straits was controlled by Fort Mackinac on Mackinac Island. Oh, my God, Mackinac. It's fucking everywhere. I know. <laughs> it's Mackinac, actually. No, what? It's Mackinac. That's, that's how they say it up there. What? Yeah. It's not no, Mackinac. Because the town of Mackinac City is up here. It's got a C on the end. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. It from, is Michigan, though. It, from, from a true Michiganer. They call that Mackinac? It's Mackinac. It's not Mackinac. It's Mackinac. All right. Uh, if anyone's from Michigan, I want to know if that's right. Mackinac. 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 Mitch Mackinac. It's fucking. Try to say that. Oh, Mitch. <laughs> Mitch Le Mackinac. Mitch Le Mackinac. Make you jump. Jump. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a British col- uh, colonial and early American military base and fur trade center founded in 1781. Holy Mackinac. 
Mechanol. Yes. Sounds like a really fucking horrible play on like McDonald's food. Coming for a Mackinac. <laughs> With the advent of European exploration of the area in the late 17th century, Lake Michigan became used as part of a line of waterways leading from the St. Lawrence River to the Mississippi River and thence to the Gulf of Mexico. Thence. Woo. Mm. French courier de bois and voyagers uh, established small ports and trading communities such as Green Bay on the lake during the late 17th and early, uh, early 18th centuries. In the 19th century, Lake Michigan was integral to the development of Chicago and the Midwestern United States west of the lake. Yeah, For boating. example, 90% of the grain shipped from Chicago traveled by ships east over Lake Michigan during the antebellum years. The volume rarely fell below 50% after the Civil War, even with the significant expansion of railroad shipping. So it was a very, very important fucking body of water. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. It'd be good to be a pirate back then <coughs> on those waters. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if there were there were pirates. Oh, I'm sure. On Lake Michigan. It's the Mackinac. <laughs> Hoist the colors. <laughs> Say the safe word. Mitchell and Mackinac. Okay, you can go. Do you feel dead? <laughs> Jack Sparrow. No, it's Jack Sparrow. <laughs> the first person to reach the deep bottom of Lake Michigan was J. Val Klump, a scientist at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee uh, in 1985. Klump reached the bottom via submersible as part of a research expedition. In 2007, a row of stones paralleling in an ancient shoreline was discovered by Mark Holly, professor of underwater archaeology at Northwestern Michigan College. Yes, there are people that actually get paid to go and look for shit underwater. Hey, Indiana Jones got paid to look for stuff in caves and jungles. Did he? He did. Because he was a professor. If you remember the first one. Yeah, he was. He was a professor. But then, like, who is the guy? Ah, oh, man, we're, we're going on a rabbit hole here. But the one guy that was in charge that gave him all the missions... And he told him, if you watch the first one, he's like, if you go do this and find the, what was the little statue from the first one? Yeah, the uh, the idol or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I think it was like 12, 10 grand or whatever. Yes, it's Dr. a 10 grand reward. Dr. So he Jones. was doing that for, for money. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Dr. Jones! Golly, Anything for you, Dr. Jones? He know nuts. He crazy. So, um... Uh, the, uh, this formation that he was talking about here, it lies 40 feet or 12 meters for all you smart folk uh, below the lake's surface. One of the stones is said to have a carving resembling a mastodon. The construction needed more study before it could be authenticated. The warming of Lake Michigan was the subject of a 2018 report by Purdue University. Since oh. 1980, steady increases in an obscure surface temperature have occurred in each decade. Well, of course, because everything's warming the fuck up. We know this. Mm-hmm. This is likely to decrease native habitat and adversely affect native species survival, including game fish. But of course, and uh, yeah, that's pretty fucking crazy, though. Like they found this stone formation with a carving of a mastodon. Dude, on it. wait, do you see the picture? I put one in there. Oh, you actually found it's one? It's like immaculate. No shit. Yeah, it's in there. You'll awesome. So fun fact, Lake Michigan has its own coral reef. Oh. In case you guys didn't know that. Which is weird. It's not salt water. Right. Well, it's kind of its own coral reef. Yeah. Right. Well, kind of. Well, it's Lake like when you go to the zoo. Right. And you go in the aquarium. It's like you think you're seeing ocean stuff, but it's really not. Right. Or if you sit in a bathtub and fart and like. Yeah. It's like a jacuzzi. A typhoon. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you just, that's where you t- put your toy. Bathtub farts are hilarious. Yeah, they are great. Yes. Yeah. Because they go. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh no. Oh no. 
<laughs> it's probably just a boy thing. And then it vibrates the yeah. whole fiberglass of the bathtub, yeah. too. So, like, somebody's outside, they hear... <laughs> <laughs> One of the best things ever was when a little kid, like my kids, when they were little, you give them a bath or whatever, and all of a sudden you just hear... <laughs> <laughs> you see these bubbles popping up. I'm like, <laughs> like yeah. hold it in. Yeah, but the, the worst part is when you see something pop out. That's that. That's yeah. yeah you get a floater. I'm like, that's save that for Lake Erie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So Lake Michigan's uh, waters near Chicago are also home to a reef, although it has been dead for many years. Still, it is an exciting feature of the lake, and scientists at Shedd Aquarium are interested in learning more about its habitat and the life form it supports. Dr. Philip Willink is a senior research biologist at the Shedd Aquarium who has conducted research at Morgan Shoal to find out what kind of life there is and what the geology is like. Quote, Morgan Shoal is special because it is so close to so many people. It is only a few hundred yards from one of the most famous and busiest streets in Chicago, which is Lakeshore Drive. He actually said in an interview. I mean, that's kind of nuts if you think about that. Yeah, because, I mean, typically they form in salt water, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, quote, now that more people know it is there, more people can make a connection with it and they can begin to appreciate the geological processes that formed it and the plants and animals that call it home. Hmm. It is a symbol of how aquatic biodiversity can survive in an urban landscape. Hmm. It's kind of like me living in Cleveland. Sounds very fancy, doesn't it? Yes. Like he's in his Prius and just <laughs> twirling his wine glass. <laughs> with his pipe with no tobacco in it. Yeah. A bubble pipe? Yes. <laughs> 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 hmm, yes. <laughs> He's sitting there like, and yeah, can survive the urban landscape. Autopilot, please, <laughs> to Starbucks. Can I plug in someplace? Thanks. <laughs> Quote, I hope people continue to study and learn from Morgan Shoal. We need to keep figuring out how this reef interacts with the waves and currents of Lake Michigan, he said. And he goes on to say, we need to continue studying how the underwater habitat promotes biodiversity. Okay, we get it. Jesus, he likes it. Man. <laughs> so, passengers, have you heard about the Stonehenge under Lake Michigan? Oh. Have, have, have you heard of this, Logan? I've heard that there's rocks in the lake. Well, obviously. That's a good thing you heard that. <laughs> I heard there's fish in the water. <laughs> I heard that there's clouds in the sky. I go to the lake. <laughs> so... In 2007, underwater archaeologist Mark Holly was scanning for shipwrecks on the bottom of Lake Michigan's Grand Traverse Bay. Instead, he stumbled on a line of stones thought to be uh, constructed by ancient humans. Oh. They believed this building, similar to Stonehenge, is about 9,000 years old. But interestingly... No, how the fuck do they figure that out, honestly? Carbon dating? Yes. Yeah, but they're in, like, scuba outfits, and they're down there looking at these rocks, and do you think, think they're like... Simple. It's about 9,000 years old. Just by the look of it. Hey, uh, Bob, um, there's a picture of a guy named Chainsaw on this. Oh, it's got to be 9,000 years old. Nope, nope. He's got a chain wallet. <laughs> it's got to be from the 90s. <laughs> so, no, they probably scratched off a little bit of it, took it up, and then had it carbon yeah, dated. I would assume. Yeah. I don't know. But then again, these guys are smarter than I am. So, uh, on one of the stones, interestingly... There is a carving in the form of a mastodon, is what we were talking about earlier, oh. which died out more than 10,000 years ago. Oh, where's that button at? Is bam, it this one? Bam, bam. Yeah! So, the exact coordinates of the find are still under secret, so you can't even, they won't even tell you where this bitch is. Probably because it doesn't exist. But anyway, <laughs> this condition was put by local Indian tribes who do not, do not, do not, <laughs> who do not want the influx. No, they don't want the influx of tourists and curiosity seekers on their land, which makes sense. They're like, fuck no. 
Yeah, the, we already took everything else from him. Right, exactly. Like, you gave us a fucking casino. Fuck off, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. The boulder with the markings is 3.5 to 4 feet high and about 5 feet long. Oof. Photos show a surface with numerous fissures. Some may be natural, while others appear of human origin. Uh-huh. When we get lower, there's pictures of it. Awesome. Pretty cool. But those forming what could be the uh, petroglyph stood out, Holly said. Oh, I stumbled on that. Viewed together, they suggest the outlines of a mastodon-like back, hump, head, trunk, tusk, triangular-shaped ear, and parts of its legs, he said. Oh. Quote, we couldn't believe what we were looking at, said Greg McMaster, president of the Underwater Preserve Council. Specialists shown... Uh, pictures of the boulder holding the Mastodon markings have asked for more evidence before confirming the markings are an ancient petroglyph, said Holly. Yes, yes, yes. Quote, they want to actually see it, he said, but unfortunately, he added, experts in petroglyphs generally don't dive, so we're running into a little bit of a stumbling block here. (laughs) 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 He's got a pea coat on. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty detailed. Now, is that that, what's that called where where people see what they want to see in it? Magic eye? No, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like where you see, like, faces and stuff like that. Yeah, how people have seen, like, Abe Lincoln yeah. in a potato chip. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or they see Jesus in a pancake. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, you're um, looking at the clouds, and it's like, oh, that looks like. What do they call that? Moody would know. <laughs> Logan Research. I got you, except I don't have internet on this computer. So and I'm we'll sure. make sure we post this uh, this up on uh, on social media, because, like, that, with the with it outlined like that. I have a theory that that was Walt Disney. Yeah. I think he was like vacationing in Michigan and Dumbo was just about to come out. So he did that and he was going to put the word Dumbo on and they're like, Walt, we got to go. Let's go. And he just rolled the rock into the water. It's called facial pareidolia. Pareidolia. It's called pareidolia. I've never heard of that. Pareidolia. Pareidolia. That's what it's called. Yeah. I got a pair of dolls as well, too. Wait. I would have called it hallucinating, right? Pareidolia or black dahlia? Yes. Okay. Okay. So anyway, that's what it is. But it, I mean, with the outline, it does look significant. I mean, it looks like they even put the wrinkles in, but I think that's just part of the rock. That's just weathering. Yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. It's impressive, though, if like a caveman did it, you know? Yeah. They might have been smart. Oh, and uh, this is a picture of the Stonehenge that's down there? I. Oh, look at that. That's crazy. So anyway, yeah, they, there's a uh, Stonehenge, and we'll make sure we post uh, you know pictures to our social media so you guys can check that out. That's pretty awesome. Good uh, good spot on putting that on there, Jeff. That's good. Aye. Yeah. So sadly, much of the information out there is incorrect. For example, there is not a hinge associated with the site, and the individual Aww. stones are relatively small compared to what most people think of as European standing stones. It should be very or clearly understood that this is not a megalith site like Stonehenge. This label is placed on the site by non-visiting individuals from the press who may have been attempting to generate sensation about the story. The site is a uh, in Grand Traverse Bay is best described as a long line of stones that is over a mile in length, which is still fucking crazy. Yeah. A mile in length. So I wonder if it was at one point in time, let's hypothetically say... Lake Michigan wasn't always Lake Michigan. No, so like that video link I have in there, yeah, we can look at it later or post yeah. it later. But they show it drained, like a computer uh, rendering of the lake drained, and right. that Stonehenge spot is like right in the center. Oh, so I don't know. I think it was planted. Like it had. I don't. Yeah, I Just, mean, it seems weird. It does. Mm. Yeah, way to go, Michigan. <laughs> yeah, they need to Just kidding. Up there. So Dr. John O'Shea from the University of Michigan has been working on a broadly similar structure in Lake Huron. 
He has received an NSF grant to research his site and thinks it may be a prehistoric driveline for herding caribou. This site is well published and you can find quite a bit of information on it on the internet. The area in Grand Traverse Bay may possibly have served a similar function to the one found in Lake Huron. Mm. So it's basically saying it's like an old school fence to keep fucking animals in line. But still, 975 foot deep, right? Yeah. That's a long, 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 long time for that. Like if it was flat, like like the plains. Okay. And they were herding caribou, right? And they were following the rocks. And then you're... How many years till that sinks 975 feet and fills with water? That's kind of crazy. You know what's really cool? And the rocks didn't move during erosion? About yeah, that's that. Weird. Yeah. The, uh, the, where the Great Lakes are, it used to be flat about 10,000 press years prior. Yeah, that's the, what I'm almost thinking. I, I'm the, wondering if, like, there was either a... Um, I, I, it was yeah. an iceberg that carved it. That's why we have, well, like, yeah. minuscule earthquakes that still happen here in Ohio. It's because the ground is still slowly raising right. itself back up. But could it all... Uh, but, but then if, a, if it went through there... Mm-hmm. Oh, you're saying like before it filled with water? Before it filled with water, before the ice melted. They like or... lived in a valley, maybe. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, you know. So anyway, it certainly offers uh, the uh, same potential for research. Okay, this one does. Unfortunately, however, state politics in previous years have meant that we have only been able to obtain limited funding for research, and as a result, little progress has been made. That's what he says. So sorry. So honestly, if it's not a Stonehenge, but still, no, I mean, it's still dating back 10,000 years. It's pretty awesome. Right. You know, hopefully they can figure out what's going on there. So that is pretty cool with, you know, the brief history and nerd stuff out of the way. You know how we do this, folks. The Lake Michigan Triangle is a section of Lake Michigan considered especially treacherous to those venturing through it. So let's talk about this triangle. It stretches from Matatowic, Wisconsin, to Ludington, Michigan, before heading south to Benton Harbor, Michigan. And this is uh this is our little picture you're showing here? Yeah. Look at that. It oh. used to be a square, but Chuck Norris kicked a corner off. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would make sense. I love the uh who put those really big pens there? <laughs> it was you know on the internet. God, though somebody did they we're, fly those we're in? Just gonna get some special little thumbtacks. <laughs> put it in here as a placeholder. Bill, you know what we need? We need 400-foot <laughs> fucking thumbtacks. <laughs> uh, I'll have to post this up so you guys can see what I'm talking about. So it was first proposed by Charles Berlitz, a proponent of the Bermuda Triangle. He felt like Michigan was governed by similar forces. This theory was presented to the, to the uh, public in Aviator um, uh, Jay Gorley's book. Okay, so a guy who was an aviator, he flew planes. The Great Lakes Triangle is what he called it. Okay. In it, he stated, quote, the Great Lakes account for more unexplained disappearances per unit area than the Bermuda Triangle. So think about that. We've discussed the Bermuda Triangle before. Mm-hmm. So this place, and it's just, I mean, how far away is that from us right now? Probably 15 hours? Michigan? Yeah. Oh, well, Lake like Michigan. Four. Is that it? Yeah. Like just inside Michigan, it's like a four-hour drive, isn't it? Yeah. Like if you want to get or less. Yeah. It's like two and a half hours to get over the state Oh, line. I, yeah. I was talking about walking. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So fifteen, like would yeah. Be. four months. Okay, <laughs> for me it would be. Uh... So um, the Lake Michigan Triangle is believed to have caused numerous shipwrecks and aerial disappearances over the years. It's also been the scene of unexplained phenomena, from mysterious ice blocks falling from the sky to balls of fire and strange hovering lights. This has led many to believe extraterrestrials are drawn to the area, or perhaps home to a time portal. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Oh, I feel like I got to do it. So let's start with some disappearances here. 
The first ship that traveled the upper Great Lakes was the 17th century Brigandine Le Griffon. However, this maiden voyage did not end well. The ship, wreck, um, the ship wrecked when it encountered a violent storm while sailing on Lake Michigan. And remember, when people think of lakes, this is a big fucking body of water. Well, it said yes. it had ocean-like swells right. in the beginning, so you can imagine there's right. probably like 60-foot waves. Yeah, this isn't like a shit. fucking little itty-bitty lake. This is a big fucking lake, and like, that's why we wanted to give you the information in the beginning. Marky Mark in that movie. What's that movie with George Clooney? Oh, what was that called? Where uh, they're on the boat and then... Yeah. And he's in the water at the end, just like, like, Christina, I love you forever. And he drowns. Yeah. Is that how Marky Mark talks? Yeah. Oh, that's good. I, I, I've i been working on it. <laughs> <laughs> the first occurrence in the Lake Michigan Triangle was recorded in 1891. The Thomas Hume was a schooner built in Man uh, Manitowoc, <laughs> Wisconsin in 1870. The ship was christened as H.C. Albrecht in honor of its first owner, Captain Harry Albrecht. In 1876, the vessel was sold to Captain Welch from Chicago. In the following year, the ship was bought by Charles Hackley, a lumber baron. Yeah, fucking like a donut, Jesus. <laughs> who was a lumber baron who owned the Hackley Hume Lumber Mill on Muskegon Lake. The boat was then renamed as the Thomas Hume in 1883 after Hackley's business partner. Okay, we got all that? Yes. The Hume would have made... Uh, would make many successful trips across Lake Michigan until May 21st, 1891, when it disappeared along with its crew of seven sailors. After that, not even a trace of the boat was ever found. The Hume was on a re return trip from Chicago to Muskegon, having just dropped off a load of lumber. The ship remained lost until Taras Lasinko, a diver with AT&T, uh, I thought it said AT&T. <laughs> They're like, damn, they do all kinds of shit, don't they? Yeah. No, A&T Recovery out of Chicago discovered the wreck in 2005. Valerie Van Heest, a Lake Michigan shipwreck hunter and researcher who helped identify the wreckage, and Elizabeth Sherman, a maritime author and great-granddaughter of the schooner's namesake, presented the discovery of the Great Lakes con uh, con uh, at the Great Lakes conference at the Great Lakes Naval Memorial and Museum. So they found it, right? Yeah, that's awesome. The last trip of the schooner began like many others. It had completed for two of uh, Muskegon County's prominent lumbermen, Thomas Hume and Charles Hackley. It took a load of lumber to Chicago in May of 1891. The unloaded vessel left to return to Muskegon, right it empty and light alongside one of the company's other schooners, the Rouse? Uh, Rouse. Rouse. <laughs> Is that Rouse? Rouse. <laughs> Rouse. Rus Simons, which years later would go on to legendary status as the Christmas tree ship. Sherman relayed the history of the Thomas Hume's final moments. She said the two vessels encountered a squall, not a major storm or a full gale that took many Great Lakes ships. Quote, it made the captain of the Rus Simons nervous enough to turn back to Chicago, she told conference members. The Thomas Hume continued on and no signs of the vessel, the captain nor the six man crew were ever seen again. Sherman said Hackley and Hume called for a search of other ports and Lake Michigan, but nothing was found. Not even debris. That's a rookie mistake, by the way. To keep going. Turning around in a storm on a boat. You're yeah. supposed to ride it, ride it out, because if you turn, then you can topside. But they said the other one turned around. That's why it was missing <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it said it made the captain of the Rue Simmons nervous enough to turn back to Chicago. Oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, what was that? Uh, <laughs> so that's when the wild theories began. Sherman said one of the most far-fetched was that the captain sailed to another point or port, painted the uh, Thomas Hume, and sailed the vessel under a different name. 
Another theory was a large steamer ran down the schooner and the steamer's captain swore his crew to secrecy. Yeah. <laughs> Riders of the Cleveland steamer. <laughs> we will not talk about this day. Ever. <laughs> it sure smells like shit here, Captain. <laughs> Hackley and Hume put up a $300 reward, which seemed to squelch that theory because nobody stepped forward. The wreck remains in surprisingly good shape. The video shot by the dive group of the Thomas Hume shows the uh, hull intact, the three masts laying on the deck, the ship's riggings and rudder that is in, in quality shape. The lifeboat was found inside the sunken vessel, presumably sucked into the opening during the sinking. So, what happened? Simple explanation, maybe a storm or squall. Better explanation, probably aliens. Yes. Oh. Or a lake monster. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that one. What do you guys think? Yeah? yeah I, I, I like the lake monster. Oh, yeah, lake okay. Monsters. Yeah, we're going to say it's a lake monster today. His name is Sebastian. Is it? Yeah. Oh, nice. Did you name him? No, no, no. This oh. is this goes back in history. Oh, really? Yeah, Sebastian the lake monster. What is our lake monster called? Isn't oh, it, what does, is it? Doesn't it Isn't have it a like name? Sally or Susie or something like that? Moody would know that too. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it is something like that. It's not, not. It's not because it's Nessie over in Scotland, right? And then it's. I want to say it's like Susie. Oh, I gotta do some research on is this it? now. It's not Susie. Lake Erie. <laughs> Brace yourselves, men. Monster Susie's coming for us. <laughs> Oh, Bessie. Man the cannons. It's Bessie. <laughs> Which might as well Bessie, be Susie. That makes it's in northeastern Ohio and Michigan folklore. Oh, okay. Well. South Bay Bessie. Captain, I'm afraid of Susie. <laughs> Man up, chap. Another mysterious incident believers in the triangle seem to reference is the Rose Bell. From their archives, the news bulletin for the, for the day reads... Um, October 30th, 1921, the schooner Rose Bell, loaded with lumber, left High Island bound for Benton Harbor and apparently capsized in a gale on Lake Michigan. She was found awash 42 miles from Milwaukee with no sign of the crew. After she drifted to, uh, to 20 miles from Kenosha, the Cumberland towed her into Racine Harbor. A thorough search of the ship turned up no sign of the crew. She was purchased by H&M Body Corp, beached 100 feet offshore, and attempts were made to drag her closer to shore uh, north of Racine. The corporation planned to remove her lumber. So they found her, but didn't find any of the crew. That's fucking creepy. Kind of like One-Eyed Willie and Goonies. Aww. See this? This is my dream. <laughs> down here. <laughs> down here, Brandon. Down here. We're the ones that are important. But Goonies but never... up there. <laughs> up there. Up there, Brandon. They're important. Rocky Road? Yes, that means drink, all of you guys, right now. And if you don't know that movie, fuck oh, yourself. And yeah, if you don't know that movie by now, come on. If you don't know the Goonies by now. Sorry. According to these fucking gnats, where, where are these coming from? I don't know. So according Maybe all these open beer bottles. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it looks like Edgewater over here. <laughs> I like a drink. So according to the Wisconsin Historical Society's Maritime Preservation Program, the Rose Bell was a small two-masted schooner and was used to bring supplies to a high island for the House of David. It was 100 feet long with a beam of 26 feet. Yeah, so it's a good-sized little schooner. Yeah. Right? Despite appearing to have been involved in a collision, there were no other shipwrecks or reports of an accident. What's more, the 11-person crew was nowhere to be found. So, again, we're going to go with aliens. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you guys think? Aliens? Yeah. Still? Yeah. 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 So, mysterious disappearances have continued to occur along the lake's waters. For example, on April 28, 1937, Captain George R. Donner of the freighter O.M. McFarlane 
went to rest in his cabin after hours of navigating his crew through icy waters. As the ship approached its, de its destination at Port Washington, Wisconsin, a crew member went to wake him, only to find him missing and the door locked from the inside. Uh -huh. A search of the ship turned up no clues, and Donner hasn't been hasn't been hasn't been seen <laughs> since. That one's that's kind of nuts. That is. Who was second in charge? Ooh. He's a suspect. Oh, yes. he's a bastard. He is. <laughs> I love how we're giving them all like old, they're all pirates, Cockney ants <laughs> yeah. accents. It's like 1937. If anything, they talk like this more. Yeah. Bootstrap. <laughs> See, over the years, shipwrecks stacked up, drawing attention to the region of Lake Michigan. Then, during the blizzard of, uh, of November of 1940, three massive freighters and two fishing tugboats sank off the coast of Pentwater, Michigan, well inside this triangular boundary. Wrecks of the three freighters have been found, but the two tugboats have yet to be discovered. Whether the wreckages are lost or found, experts find it highly unusual that five ships, killing a total of 64 sailors, all sank on the same day so close together. Mm -hmm. what, was, what was the movie from the 80s where uh, they were on the ship? and Was it Cocoon? Where they're out in the boat in the ocean and then the UFO comes? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was a Cocoon thing. Dude, man. Cocoon was such a good movie. Where is Steve Gutenberg? He's been gone forever. Maybe he went home. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, see? But they are not the only things that have disappeared here. Theories surrounding UFOs and extraterrestrials roaming the skies of the Lake Michigan Triangle are spurred on by the mysterious disappearance of Northwest Airlines Flight 2501. The plane was traveling from New York to Seattle with a stop in Minneapolis on June 23rd, 1950 when it seemingly disappeared out of the sky. Thanks, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying the plane Clintoned itself? <laughs> yeah, exactly. At 11.37 p.m. that evening, its pilot requested a descent from 3,500 to 2,500 feet due to an electrical storm. The request was denied, and minutes later, the plane disappeared from radar. Well, whoever's denied him is a fucking asshole. I was just going to say, imagine being the guy. Yeah. You know? Like, ah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd they go? So despite a massive search effort, only a blanket bearing the Northwest Airlines logo indicated the plane had gone into the water. So out of everything, the only thing they found was a blanket. Mm. That's weird. That is very weird. As days passed, partial <laughs> remains began to wash ashore across Michigan, but the plane never resurfaced. According to two police officers near the scene, there had been a strange red light hovering over the water just two hours after the plane disappeared. This has led some to theorize it was abducted by aliens. However, the reason for taking the aircraft remains a mystery. So, plane's gone. No, no, you can't find the plane anywhere whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But there's body parts starting to show up. Oh, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it said. Oh. It said that remains were beginning to wash ashore. That's kind of nuts. I'm going back to the monster. Yeah. Bessie. Unless when the plane went down, it didn't really break apart. Oh, it probably just... And it just fucking yeah. sunk. Either that or it was like a tornado of just sheet metal and fire. And yeah, but you would find everything. some of that, though. You know what I mean? Well, they found, what, the blanket and a logo? Just, no, no the, logo, the logo was on the blanket. That's the only oh, thing they okay. found. Okay. Even remotely close, other than body parts. Yeah. You know what I mean? The only thing I could think is it hit the water like somewhat, somewhat smoothly, and it just fucking went... Boop, 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 boop. And took everybody you with have it. better odds, obviously, landing in water than you do crashing into the land. Oh, yeah. Because you could skid like a like a rock, like you skip a rock. You, yeah, know, you hope. Yeah. Sully did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tom Hanks. Tom, I was going to say Tom it. Hanks did it. Yeah. <laughs> Wilson! I just watched that the other day. Which one? Uh, Castaway. Oh, that's good. And such a great movie. First time seeing it? No, 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 no. Oh, no. okay. 
But it just pisses me off that she got remarried and had kids after he went through all that shit. Oh, yeah. It makes me so mad. Really? Well, he like he comes back and like she's married with kids and shit. And it's like, you even know what this guy went through? And he's like, oh, well, just <sighs> in his car and leaves. Yeah. Like, Jenna. Wow. <laughs> I might not be a smart man, but I was stuck in a fucking island. <laughs> you know what? You notice a reoccurring theme to Tom Hanks yep. in movies with women? Yes. I said it's for a very long time. Oh, yes, oh. Yes, yes. Mm. I do know see my, Logan's seen movies. I see. I do know the Tom Hanks. You know. <laughs> do you remember what movie uh, from the eighties where he was a young kid in oh, a man's yeah. body? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, what's it called? Uh, not it. Ding, ding, uh, something ding, big. Ding, ding. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's called big. big. It's called big, isn't it? <laughs> Why? Yes, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I love that movie. That fucking creepy ass fucking doll always gave me the heebie-jeebies every time I saw it. Not the doll, but the, the machine where he Zoltan goes, or yeah. Zoltar? Oh, yeah, 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 Zoltar, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys need more proof of aliens, guess what? We've got some. Oh, yeah. yes. Steve Kubaki was a 23-year-old student at Hope College in Holland, Michigan. It gives him hope. And February 20, uh, 20th of 1978, he was on a solo cross-country skiing trip near Saugatuck, Michigan. First mistake. When he disappeared. Which is the first mistake. Solo. Never go solo skiing. You never go ass to mouth either. <laughs> Correct. Right. The next day, snowmobilers found his equipment abandoned and police located his footprints on the ice. The way they abruptly ended suggested um, Kubaki had fallen through the ice and died of either hypothermia or by drowning. Seems pretty, you know, cut and dry, right? That's a bad way to go, man. Oh, fuck Could you that. imagine being under the ice and looking up and nope. there's nothing you could do? Nope. Body just shutting down on you. That's Again, that's another scenario I'd break my own neck. Y yeah, but how? You just gotta, you gotta get that momentum, man. You just gotta channel that energy. Just be like, yeah, but if <laughs> snap you can, your own neck. You can break your own neck. Break the fucking ice. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a really good point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Fuck, if you got that much energy. <laughs> well, he could have survived. He had the strike, but he stopped his own neck like yeah, a jackass. Right, I think he wanted to die. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and basically they're saying it's cut and dry. Well, guess what? It's not. So oh, no. the mystery appeared all but solved until May 5th, 1979, when Kubaki showed up in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. What? That's Fif pretty far away. 15. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Well, yeah. Massachusetts from freaking Michigan. here yeah. yeah that's on the other side of the well not other side but yeah. it's on the east coast yeah. i think he got into a van that offered candy that's what i'm thinking or it's the lizard people the disguise <laughs> beyonce <laughs> the, the reptilians yeah. I, don't, I don't think beyonce was alive yet i don't think maybe maybe she was I don't she's know immortal she, dude oh yeah she's a lizard person i forgot yeah so 15 months after seemingly disappearing into the icy depths of lake michigan he found himself lying in the grass some 700 miles away Kabaki told reporters he had no memory of the past year and a half. However, when he awoke, he was wearing weird clothes and his backpack contained random maps. This led him to believe he'd been traveling. He also had a t-shirt from a Wisconsin marathon, which he explained by saying, quote, I feel like I've done a lot of running. <laughs> what the fuck? Now, you listen to a lot of true crime stuff. I do. Does chloroform, like, wipe your memory or no. give you, like, amnesia? No. Okay, so he wasn't chloroformed. And by the way, for all those people out there that know what chloroform is, um, it actually takes, in the movies, like, they knock people out real fast. It yeah, it takes like two up, seconds. It takes up to five minutes. Does it really? Yeah. yeah. Chloroform takes forever. Could you imagine if you were chloroformed? Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's why, if you ever, like, in reality, if someone chloroforms you, you're bound, and they're going to hold you there until you're, like, yeah. knocked the fuck out. But at that point, 
just smack him in the fucking head, knock him out. Yeah, or if it's a lose lose, break your own neck. Yeah, to say, or just break your own neck. <laughs> <laughs> he had the energy, but instead he decided to break his own neck. So the location of Kabaki's disappearance has led many to suggest he was yet another victim of the Lake Michigan Triangle. While some don't believe him regarding his supposed amnesia, others feel an alien abduction is a reason behind his disappearance and lack of memory. Now we're cooking with fire. Okay, so now let's let's. I want to just kind of stop with this one real quick. Let's just say hypothetically, dude did this dip out, mm-hmm. fucking went out, fucking partied up, whatever it was. Who who gives a shit? He's a student, right? You can do whatever the hell you want. But why would his tracks just stop? And how, how would he do that? It's true. He Unless he covered. went into the water, but then he would he would freaking die. He would die of hypothermia. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or from breaking your own neck. Right. <laughs> right. Either but way. Look, look how far away uh, Travis Walton showed up. Yeah. I mean, that's miles and miles where yeah. he, you know. This could totally be like an Archer Bob's Burger kind of thing, too. Dude just froze and then, like, realized, like, his brain was shutting down. All of a sudden, his just memory was wiped and he hit the reset button well, and well, what's in massachusetts because maybe this is a portal like a uh, uh, that's what they were saying oh, yeah that's what people are thinking yeah but what would be in massachusetts like the, for the other end but he was also in wisconsin as well too there's nothing in massachusetts is there do we have listeners from there i'm sorry it's baston <laughs> baston it's, actually it's boston i'm sorry it's i keep talking yeah you, you got to get it right when you talk about <laughs> boston out there because because if you if you fuck it up they're gonna come after you all right <laughs> the bostonians don't fuck around I don't know. So you may be asking yourself, but this was all alien activity. Why is it that uh, no mention of UFOs? Well, you're in luck because there are. That's right. In fact, Michigan in general has a pretty good share of UFO sightings. Coincidentally, there was a sharp rise in sightings about a month after weed was legalized in the state. (laughs) I'm kidding. Man. I was like, come on, Ohio, we can do this. We can do this. We got to do it. Come on, it's dude. It's about time. Like, yeah, it, we just got to do it. It's so stupid. Man, I smoke every single night at this point now. We, we have medical. Every night. We have medical here, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We have medical. Okay. Yeah. But no, here's the problem. You can only get edibles or vape. You can't get like actual weed weed. Oh, really? In Ohio. Yeah. So you can have your medical card here and you can get the edibles and the vape. And what was the other thing? Uh, oils. Oils. Yeah. But you can't actually get like the actual plant, like the, can't the, get the bricks. Yeah, that's weird. I know, and I don't fuck with edibles. No. Oh hell no! no. It's too concentrated. Yeah. Yeah. I like to control my buzz. My, yeah. my wife and I always talk about this. I'm like, I like to get to like that plane, and then I just ride it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't want too much or too less. And I feel like if I ate an edible, it'd yeah. be like, oh, here we go. When's it gonna end? Yeah. It's yeah. all that body buzz. It's the body buzz for me. That's what I like. You know yeah. what I mean? I like that. We just got to get the right strain. Of stuff. I like that I mean, chill. Yeah. If it messes my head up or, and that's what freaks me out and why I don't smoke a lot of weed. Because first of all, I drink a lot <laughs> and uh, mixing, not good. But I hate that whole um, paranoia. The paranoia and like not feeling like yourself. Yeah, no, you need the body stuff. Yeah. That's, I like, that's the good stuff. The body stuff's awesome because you just sit there and I just <laughs> giggle my ass off. Dude, I fire up the PS5. I lay back in my chair and I'm like, oh, life is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so on, seriously, let's look at some uh, actual sightings here and talk about those. On March 8th, 1994, calls flooded 911 to report strange sightings in the night sky. The reports came in from all walks of life, mm-hmm. from police and a meteorologist to residents of Michigan's many beach resorts. I was hoping it's going to be Dick Goddard. 
<laughs> Make so sure awesome. to spay and neuter your dogs. And by the way, there's fucking UFOs. Do you ever see Sidetrack? Do you ever see when he was really old, like before he died? He was yeah. still on air. Oh, yeah. And he couldn't get the fucking remote to work for mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah, I've seen that. And they had to keep cutting away from him. He's like, oh, fucking damn <laughs> You can hear him mumbling it like in his mic. I told you about the one time that I saw him and like the one guy was like on on camera. Yeah. And Dick Goddard and by the way, uh, you're not from the Cleveland area. Dick Goddard was a, a legend. A news uh, uh, meteorologist. meteorologist here in Cleveland that was here yeah. forever. He's like the most popular one. Like everybody knew him. He yeah. did uh, festivals for woolly bears and he was pets. probably on air for yeah. 50 years, dude. Like, oh, like yeah. it was crazy. So anyway, and he got really old and started slipping and he had, you know, dimension, whatever, but he was still on air. And in the background, you could see him walk into the frame, turn around and just think to himself, <laughs> fuck, and then walk out of the frame. Dude, I laughed my ass off when I saw that. I mean, obviously, it's not funny because the poor guy's like, yeah. but to me, yeah. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I want to be Dick Goddard. And you felt so bad because like he had done it, what, 50 years and he would stumble so bad like if <laughs> I'm gonna be 16 degrees. Today, you know? Yeah, it wasn't as sad as uh, uh, um, Dick Clark, though. At the end, oh, he was him. a melting hippo, man. Yeah, Dick Clark was that. Was he looked bad, like a GI Joe that you put in front of a blowtorch? Yeah, <laughs> his face was just like. Yeah, they shouldn't have yeah. done that. They shouldn't have put him on air. That was rough. Yeah. Watching him, you felt bad watching him. You know. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, we miss our. That will, old Dick that'll Goddard. be us someday, though. Yeah. In fact, uh, Dick Goddard. If you guys aren't uh, familiar in the Ohio area, there's a thing now called Goddard's Law. Which is basically made uh, if you hurt an, an animal or whatever, it's now a felony. Yeah, and you can get shot. Yeah, yeah. Eye for an eye, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Leave your animals alone, first. Right. So, anyway, hundreds of people witnessed what many insisted were UFOs unidentified flying fucking objects. So, that would be uh, another change now. Is that, is that UFOs? What is it? Uh, another one Moody would know. It's uh, balls. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it? It's, it's, Talking about like the other name, wieners. For they changed it from UFO yeah, recently with like the David Fravor it's video uh, and all that. Um, uh, it's something of not of this earth. It's a uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, extraterrestrial unmanned airy or something like that. What? How is it? U U M. It's an unmanned. Yeah, look it up. Oh god. Yeah, they, they, they did change it though. It's no Google longer UFO. Boy. Said why are they changing? Just like they shit. changed DUI. DUI is now what OVI. I don't know. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, operating that. a vehicle. Yep. That's so dumb. It used to be DUI. Now it's yeah. OVI. Whatever. Quit changing Government shit. Government officials now prefer UAP, unidentified aerial phenomenon. Yeah. Phenomenon. Phenomenon. Drink, 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 drink. <laughs> so Cindy Pravda, 63 of Grand Haven, remembers that night in vivid detail. Four lights in the sky that looked like, quote, full moons over the line of trees behind her horse pasture. Quote, I got UFOs in the backyard, she told a friend on the phone. Quote, (laughs) I watched them for a half an hour where I'm facing them. The one on the far left moved off. It moved to the highway and then came back to the same position. End quote. Pravda told the free press. I picture this lady in like this shitty kitchen, right? And she's got one of them white like tank tops, but it's all stained and shit. She's smoking a Virginia Slim Misty 100. Mm -hmm. And she's got the phone and she's like, Susan, I got you a thousand in the backyard. You should come over. Bring Bob. Show him. Are you looking outside? <laughs> I swear to God, I see them. These oh, fucking man. UFOs are back. I gotta take our children. We can't have anything. Make sure Bobby's got his door closed. I'm gonna ziplock my asshole closed. You know what they do, right? You know we're gonna have to do a whole episode in those voices now, right? 
<laughs> just crazy ladies yeah. seeing UFOs. Yeah. But can, oh. I, can I be whitey though? Yeah. Yeah. Can you more? do? Can you do yeah. one? Let's hear what you got. Uh, <clears throat> hold on, hold on. Oh, I don't even understand anymore, man. Yeah, that. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so she All goes. Right. What's the technical foul? <laughs> <laughs> she goes on to say, "Quote: The one to the right was gone in a blink of an eye, and then eventually everything disappeared quickly." Ooh. She still lives in the same house and continues to talk about of that. Of course, she does. Night. That's- it's like her life story yeah. now. Well, she actually says, quote, I'm known as the UFO lady of Grand Haven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And she laughed about it. So, yeah, that's fine. But listen, stick to your story. I'm telling you, I, I when I, I, I'm not a believer, but I saw something. I don't know what it was when Ooh. I was a kid. I've told you oh, about yeah, yeah, I've told yeah. this story before. We were out um in um going south on 58 past Wellington. Where, what is that? Uh, what's that lake that's over there that everyone goes to? Finley? Yeah, Finley Lake. Right, right over Been by there. A million times. Going past that, we're actually going to visit friends that are south of us or whatever. And I just remember looking over and I saw all these orange lights in the sky. Now, listen, it could have been a, a different uh, U.S. plane that was testing. It could have been anything. No, my wife is from there. She grew up there and she she's an alien stuff too. Yeah, she is an alien. Oh, yeah, yeah. Course, it's me. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, that's why she puts up with your shit, right? That's right. She's yeah. like, Reese's Pieces. <laughs> I love you, babe. <laughs> love you so much. Did I ever tell you about the story about when I was working at the prison, the, the, the unidentified aerial phenomenon that I saw? Yes, you did. Dude, that was like the trippiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because if you like think about it, like when like meteors and stuff break up in the atmosphere, different perspectives see different colors. So like that's why I thought it was a meteor at first. But when it started doing loop-de-loops, it freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's they're crazy. out there, man. Oh yeah, and they're really close to releasing it. The government is like so close to just being like, you know what? Fuck it. Yes, they're real. <laughs> I feel like it's a Men in Black thing where they're giving us tidbits. Yeah, small well, stuff. Because if they over flooded it, everyone's uh-huh. gonna fucking lose their shit. Yep. You know what I mean? There's gonna Place. be suicides and shit. You know what I mean? Doing oh yeah. Small because I mean, it, what is that gonna do to religion? Nothing. Well, we all you don't know. think so? We all know about that. So. No, I mean, if not, not to be like a dick or anything, but if religions made it this far, I feel like aliens are just going to broaden the religion spectrum. No, because dude, it opens everything. Then it, it erases all of history. Oh, maybe, yeah. Because we, well, we don't know because now we don't know if it's it was Big Bang or if it was on purpose by aliens. I mean, it changes everything. They, they come down. They're like, um. <laughs> We are sorry. <laughs> this got, is a simulation. They got a little test tube with yeah. like a little fetus in there. Yeah. Like, what, what are you sorry for? Um, <laughs> we forgot two of you here. <laughs> and uh, now you multiplied like fucking rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we actually made you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, wait a minute. You made us? Yeah. Your That's... name will be Adam and you will be Eve. And then they put the snake there like, watch these two. And they take off. Right, right. Yeah. yeah it's what Everybody who's religious hates me right now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like an ant farm. That's yeah, what it was. That's exactly. what we are in general. Even if they, let's just say there is a the big holy guy in the sky. Yeah. Let's just say that, or woman, whatever. We're still an ant farm. Regardless, regardless of, of if there's aliens out there doing it or if, if you know, whatever, if you believe in any kind of higher power, we are an ant farm. Think about an ant farm, like you're saying, in the ground, right? Years and years and years, and they build this big colony, and right. everything's dark, and all of a sudden, one day, a shovel comes through, and sunlight, Gone. and a giant looking out, oh my god! Yep. You know, it's yeah. like, so would that make us an alien ant farm? Oh. 
That's another good one to look up. If you're not familiar with Alien Ant Farm, they're a great They're band. amazing. Yes. They're so good. And by the way, drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Daryl and Holly. <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> Daryl and Hollow. It's here. No, um, Daryl and Holly Graves and their son, Joey, told reporters in 1994 they witnessed lights in the sky over Holland at about 9.30 p.m. on March 8th. Quote, I saw six lights out of the window above the barn across the street. I think that should be read by Isaiah. <laughs> Hold on. <clears throat> I saw six lights <laughs> out the window above the barn across the street. <laughs> so that was actually Joey Grace who told the Free Press in 1994. And he kept on and he said, quote, I got up and went to the sofa and looked up at the sky. They were red and white and moving. <laughs> so that's what he said. Yeah. So he actually saw these lights as well. Others gave similar accounts, including Holland Police Officer Jeff Velthaus and a meteorologist from the National Weather Service office in Muskegon County. What's more, the meteorologist recorded unknown echoes on his radar the same time Veldhaus reported the lights. Uh-huh. So that gives a little bit more credence, mm-hmm. right? Because you feel like these are people of stature, you know? Like it's I'm a fucking surprised cop. that that fact or that information even came out because usually the government kiboshes that right away. Like, give us the radar feed. <laughs> You know, and it's it's gone. Well, he's probably the only cop in town, and that meteorologist is probably a dude in his bedroom. You know what I mean? Andy Griffith? Yeah. (laughs) Right. You want to put my bullet in, Andy? (laughs) So, quote, my uh, my guy looked at the radar and observed three echoes as the officer describing the uh, the movement. Uh, Leo Greenier of the NWS office in Muskegon said in 1994, quote, the movement of the objects was rather erratic. The echoes were there about 15 minutes, drifting slowly south-southwest, kind of headed toward the Chicago side of the south end of Lake Michigan, end quote. So this is multiple people saying that they saw pretty much the identical same like thing. Which is generally, from what we know over the years, this is how this stuff goes. You always have multiple eyewitnesses, and each one of their stories is a little bit different in detail, but they all kind of have the same overall theme, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. Pretty much every UFO story we've covered is is like this, where you got a handful of people and they all say, yeah, it was this, this, and this. And each story is a little differently. You know, it, it was a red light and the other guys, oh, it's a green light, but it still was a light. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's usually how it goes. So the radar operator said, quote, there were three and sometimes four blips and they weren't planes. Planes show as pinpoints on the scope. These were the size of half a thumbnail. They were from five to 12,000 feet at times, moving all over the place. Three were moving toward Chicago. I never saw anything like it before, not even when I'm doing severe weather. So, I mean, he's saying this is a meteorologist that's claiming that he knows what these damn blips look like, right? Hundreds of reports of suspected UFOs were called in not only to 911 dispatchers, but also to the Mutual UFO Network's MUFON (laughs) Michigan chapter. Is that an actual thing? The Mutual UFO Network? I think we should sign up for it if it is. Oh, 100%. I don't know. All right. Can we get a t shirt for it? I, I wouldn't hope so. All right, Logan, check that out. Right. MUFON. MUFON. See if there's a Cleveland chapter of MUFON. We could start, we could start the chapter. Yeah, yeah, but can we call it the MUFON Pooper? Or the Poopers no, it'd be, MUFON? It'd be Kufon. Kufon? Cleveland. Yeah, but it's mutual. It's mutual UFO. That's what it is. Oh, I thought that was Michigan. No, it's mutual. It's like Mutual of Omaha. Oh. oh, MUFON, an all-volunteer nonprofit organization founded in 1969, bills itself as, quote, the world's oldest and largest civilian UFO investigation research organization. Hot damn. We need them as a sponsor. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're nonprofits, so that's probably not going to work. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> there might be one here in Ohio. Let's see. I'm looking oh. right now at the chapters. Oh. Uh, there's definitely one in Nevada or Nevada, depending on who you're talking Well, yeah, you're going to see stuff out there all the time. Nevada. Uh, oh, there is one. We can talk to Thomas Wuchman, who is the state director and chief investigator for Ohio. All right, Facebook that guy. Or Ron McGlone, who's the chief investigator. He has an email and an Ohio website. Oh, my God. No. Let's interview him. Can we hey, interview him? Oh, that'd be awesome if we there's could. There's a conference yeah. coming up in August of 2022. Where? I don't know. It's probably like Cincinnati. Super 8 Motel. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. We'll give you the room for 50 bucks. Go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that is hilarious. So wait, yeah, let's contact the, the guy and just let him know what we do and see if we can get a, like an interview or yeah, something like with him. Phone call. That'd be awesome. Yeah. We'll promote his, his thing and yeah. And we'll see if he's actually seen. I'm sure he has. Yeah, so if he's the. The, the, the leader. What do you call that? that? The shit. The oh. They call. He said what he was. The president. Is it like Sons of Anarchy? He's the oh. president. By the way, I just listened to a podcast today about the Hell's Angels. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh yeah. yeah. I worked in a prison. I know. And they're everywhere them. too. Yeah. They're like all over the place. By the way, if you guys know any Hell's Angels or if any Hell's Angels are listening, hi and thank you for listening. Yes. Because yes. yeah. I'm gonna be really nice because I'm afraid of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's actually kind of funny. I do know quite a few. Yeah. Not doing it. Yep. Yeah. So that's yep. just. Minor P's and Q's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going to be good. So the reported UFO sightings were the largest since March of 1966. Bill Konkoleski, ah, Michigan State Director of MUFON, told the Free Press, quote, it was one of the big ones in the state. We haven't seen a large UFO reported sighting wave since that time. Damn. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, if in fact that was a real thing, you know what I mean? And multiple, I mean, multiple people are saying they saw it and it sounds like they're all seeing the same thing. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, was there military bases around Lake Michigan? Um, I'm sure there is. There's one that's around it more towards the northern portion of it. That's the, that's the, the, the base that uh, flew planes over to uh, for 9-11. Okay. Well, maybe something came from that. Then I mean, possibly. this is '98, though. I mean, they're '1998. Yeah. 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 Hey, quick question. Um, um answer. Where, where is Westerville? Westerville. Ohio. That is east it, of west. N- Northerville. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have well, no idea. Well, Mufon is going to be having a um, free. Um, lecture uh, scheduled to be held at the Westerville Library. We should totally crash it. Dude, let's do it. Let's just go and talk to the guy. It's fucking yeah, yeah. There's no date. It says TBA, but still. <laughs> <laughs> come on. <laughs> so we're having a, a uh, by the way, folks, everyone out there, Midnight Train Podcast. We're actually going to be having a live performance uh, to be announced. Um, <laughs> like we don't know when. Just kidding. Anyway, just I don't know. I thought that was <laughs> did that go flat? Sorry about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, a mysterious video apparently shot from Chicago in late 2020, early two t- 2021. 2020. This yeah. is a still from the video, by the way. Oh, nice. Oh, Shows a fleet of UFOs above Lake Michigan. Aye. And most of them look like bright orbs. These UFOs are UFO orbs hovered in the skies for several minutes. And at one point in time, some of these lights disappeared before appearing again and we'll post this picture up here i mean that looks like lights mm-hmm. there's another picture a little bit lower 
It's it's a better one. Okay. The eyewitness who uh, witnessed this eerie sighting claimed that these UFO lights used to appear above uh, Lake Michigan several times in the past. Oh, okay. So we've seen it before. The video was later analyzed by self-styled alien hunter. Oh, God. Ooh, I want to be an alien hunter. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, do it. We need to get Moody to be an alien hunter. You got to hook up with the, the Mufat or whatever it's called. Mufasa. Mufan. We can actually call. join them and create our, uh, a small subchapter. Do you here. think they carry paintball guns like Dog the Bounty Hunter Dude, and zip, zip ties? I don't think they, carry, they find an alien. I don't think they carry zip ties. I think that they carry more um, softer meshes. Softer meshes? Okay. Yes. Wow. <laughs> what are you doing with the aliens when you, you find them? You have to be careful. Yeah. You want them to know you, they're your friend, not that they're your, you know. You're hunters. a hunter, but I don't think you're an alien hunter. Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're <laughs> a hunter. <laughs> you hunting for something else. And it, it goes. <laughs> so his name is Scott C. Waring, who enjoys a huge fan following online. After analyzing the mysterious footage, Waring claimed that something strange was going on in the skies of the United States. Uh oh He also suggested that there could be an underground alien base in Lake Michigan. Uh -huh. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's it right there, huh? Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Well, did you hear? So, you know, the, the footage of the Navy, or not the, was it the Navy that put out where they were following? In the Navy. <laughs> in the Navy. Okay. Mm -hmm. But anyways, there's oh, that, that black and white uh, video. Yeah, oh. it comes right out of the water. It comes out of the water and then goes like back into yeah. it or whatever. That's where there was like a whole lot of conspiracy conspiracy theorists saying that like that there's like an underwater base for military operations do you ever see the movie the abyss yes uh -huh. dude i'm telling you right now i honestly think and this is just my hypothesis here everyone's always talking about you know aliens coming from outer space and stuff and we always look at outer space but what is it 90 percent of our oceans are unexplored correct and if you look at some of the creatures that are down there I'm telling you, if aliens do exist, oh, or, yeah. or if an alien being is going to come from anywhere, it's coming from down there. Oh, they yeah. down there. Oh, they down there. Absolutely. Because, dude, look at octopus. Octopuses, octopi, whatever. They are, first and foremost, they're one of the most intelligent animals on the planet. Next to dolphins. Right. Like, them and dolphins are the smartest. They're, mm -hmm. They yeah. can literally squeeze their entire, like, their huge body through a keyhole. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They can maneuver locks to get out of things. Well, they know like, how to they know how to manipulate our emotions as well, too, kind of like how dogs do, like domesticated dogs. They know how to manipulate emotions. To I'm telling you, want. those... What's wrong, Bob? Well, the octopus is making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever seen the, 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 the battleship look at, or whatever? Look at his eyes. He's judging me, dude. <laughs> he's thinking naughty things but you know what I'm saying like so if you look at animals like that and these are animals that and we have giant versions of these fucking things that they've said through but uh, the kraken but these are the ones that have come that we've seen mm -hmm. the ones that we haven't seen yet who knows maybe they're frozen down there maybe I don't know I, I think that and maybe maybe we're looking at alien from a different perspective where we're thinking okay like alien as in like well they're humanoid or they're whatever what if they're not Right. Like you could be on something. We're envisioning something that only our minds can perceive. Have you ever seen the you know uh, what I mean? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Oh yeah. I have not. Dolphins. You've never seen that movie? Dude. For real? I'm actually shocked. Holy You've never shit. Seen I read the book too. when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean I read the book too, yeah. but the watch that movie. Yeah. It's really good. Yes. We still have to watch that one that uh that uh um, Jesse from the Sister Skeletons wants oh, yeah, us to watch. The zombie one. The zombie one, yeah. Yeah. Which one? The Zombies Guide to the Apocalypse. Or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen. Uh, the, is it the Zombies Guide or is it the the boy or is it the the Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse? That's it. Right That's there. it. I've yeah. seen that. It's actually really funny and very, very not prude. Not crude. Prude. Prude. Yes. Lots of banging in it. Lots of let's just say zombie strippers and what? young teenage boys who like to fondle zombies. Well, I guess I oh. won't be watching that there, Jesse. Rated yes. R. <laughs> 
And just for the listeners out there, boobs. Oh, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Every fucking... Gotcha. So, quote, they go on to say here, quote, the lights were so close to the water that sometimes the reflection of the UFOs could be seen. Aircraft can be seen flying over the lights once in a while, but the lights and aircraft stay far apart. These lights are a sign that there is an alien base below Lake Michigan. Absolutely amazing, and even the eyewitnesses noticed the, the other people not looking at the UFOs. Very strange how people are too busy to look out the window. 100% proof that alien base sites at the bottom of Lake Michigan off Chicago coast. That's just how they worded it, so it sounded weird. So that was a wearing wrote on his website, so he's not grammatically correct. But anyway, that's what he Maybe wrote. the Stonehenge rocks are a beacon for the ships. Or, yeah, it's the landing zone. Uh-huh. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yes. Now, do I don't necessarily believe that. Okay, so in the scheme of things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's just say the deepest part we said was 900 and some odd feet, right? Yep. Correct. Deepest part of the ocean, yeah. way fucking deeper than that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, what, like, seven miles? It's, it's fucking stupid. They can't get down there because of pressure. Right. right. It's stupid. Speaking of that, have you guys seen the the Deep Blue documentary? That animal, like the Animal Planet thing or whatever, but it's called, uh, or is it Big Blue? No, I think it's Deep Blue. I, I don't think or so. Blue, no, Blue Planet is what it's called. Oh. You think of Big Bear and Blue House. Yes. <laughs> That's the big... The big no, Blue's Clues? Is that what you're thinking of? <laughs> but there was, uh, there was a behind-the-scenes thing where the uh, they were in that submarine where they went into the like the bottom of the ocean in a certain area. I remember where it was. I want to say it was the Atlantic, but I could be wrong. Um, but they got down as far as they could go, and then they saw this huge like circle of muscles and inside the circle was this... Like Arnold Schwarzenegger was down there? No. Yeah, welcome to the bottom of the ocean. Now you know where I live. This is bullshit. I don't need to hide out. I'm ballsy. I'm ballsy. <laughs> but anyways, in between this, in, in the middle of this circle of muscles on the bottom of the ocean, there was a lake in between them. And they were in the submarine trying to go through the lake because they could see the ripples in the water like they could see water moving underwater which they thought was so bizarre to begin with oh wait i did see that yeah, so yeah i saw that porthole yes so you ever seen meg uh yeah yeah i think it, i've watched it for it like wasn't very minutes. good but yeah you know, yeah but it's kind of like that where like they were kind of venturing around that weird portal or this lake within a body of water and they were able to break the tension or whatever on it and then the megalodon popped out but yeah they couldn't actually physically go down there because every time they went to well that that's part of what i was going to say and i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but that's part of what i was going to say is that maybe whatever's living down there the pressure is what's keeping it like maybe they have to live under the pressure yeah, yeah that's you know? how a lot of animals if they are. come to the surface it's going to kill them have you ever seen the, <laughs> right the, the, they're just going <laughs> to yeah you know in the deep the deep 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 ocean there's these big fish called angler fishes yeah um, do you know the actual size of an anglerfish? Um, they're about three meters. Okay, yeah, that's it's pretty good size. Very, that's nine feet. It's very big. But but down there too, like they're creating these animals. Like if you look at those kind of fish and those kind of animals down there, they're they're uh, creating their own uh, bioluminescence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's animals, there's there's plants that create their own bioluminescence. And they live off of bacteria. Like they don't actually right. eat. They yeah. there are animals that have become and I because I watch a bunch of shit and um, do, it's mostly documentaries because I'm a fucking dork. But there are animals that live down there on the bottom of the ocean that they eat only when a dead animal will fl- uh, like uh, finally decay enough to go to the bottom of the ocean yeah. and they will eat its scraps. Mm-hmm. So like they've learned to only eat once every fucking like year yeah, or crazy. some shit like that. Yeah. There's a lot of animals like that. It's insane. There's yeah. a, there's a, uh, an, an eyeless lizard 
slash gecko salamander looking thing, whatever that they found in a cave. Yeah, it's Beyonce, right? Uh, <laughs> 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 but it literally doesn't move at all unless there's food near it, and then it will uh, go after the food. But it literally lives for like hundreds of years. I feel like we're close. I feel like maybe within our lifetime, if not ours, his for sure, that we'll get close to the bottom or where we haven't been. See, my luck, I'm going to die and then the next day they're going to come out. <laughs> you, know? you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we want to speak with Jonathan Sayer. Yeah, it's going to be like at my funeral. They're going to be like, holy yeah. shit! Yeah. <laughs> the fountain of youth down there! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they found the cure for cancer! What? Yeah. So there have been shitloads of UFO sightings in the area of the Lake Michigan Triangle, only fueling more speculation. Mm-hmm. So here are some of the patented midnight train quick hitters here. An early sighting occurred in November of 1957 when a a cigar-shaped object with a pointed nose and blunt tail with low-emitting sounds was seen. Subsequent civilian and military air traffic controllers cited no aircraft were in the vicinity at the time. I mean, that's kind of crazy. In July of 1987, five kids, youths, had seen a low-level cloud expel several V-shaped objects, which hovered quietly with bright lights. Then the things re-entered the cloud formation and rapidly departed toward the lake's north end. All right, that was 1987. That's kind of crazy. But then again, they were probably high. High as giraffe ass. <laughs> That's and, when cocaine was popular. Yeah, oh yeah. And they were like, hey, yeah, man, bump this. <laughs> In August of 2002, seven miles off of the Harrisville shoreline, two freighter sailors observed a textured, triangular-shaped object soar above and follow their ship. Then the thing made a 90-degree turn and quickly disappeared. In September of 2009, a couple left their residence to close their chicken coop for the evening. Oh, boy. Why why is it always those types of people? Why are, why are they the ones? No, I well, no, I, I can't say that because I come from that those types of people, but my neighbors have chickens. That's my in-laws. My in-laws have chickens. Do they have chickens? Yeah. All right, so that was judgy of me, and I take that back. Anyway. Way to go. Yeah, I'm a dick. So they jointly observed a large triangular object pursued by a military jet. In addition, they noted two bright and beaming white lights when the object was overhead. All right, that's kind of fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. one thing to look up and be like, oh, what is that? And then it's to look up and go... Is that one of our guys going after it? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, are we in trouble? Yeah. Like, oh, shit. So in June of 2007, an 80-year-old resident inspected what appeared to be a balloon-shaped object near his fence line. Upon his arrival, the object immediately increased to the size of a car and shot upward. It was a DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> Great Scott. Yeah. He stated his body hair stood on end, and when he later touched where the thing was, his hands became numb. Oh. In October of 2010, a couple experienced a sky filled with a variety of low-flying white and red objects. The couple returned to the village where five individuals from a retail establishment joined in the observation. Later, a massive yellow orb appeared and quickly exited into the sky. The viewing lasted for nearly an hour. So I don't know. We're convinced. I know definitely Moody is. Oh, yeah, for sure. Moody's convinced. I think he was convinced before we even did this episode. Absolutely. He walked into it saying it's aliens. Seems like a lot of craziness for sure. Like it's it's really, I don't know. There's a lot of fucking weird shit going on there. So anything else weird? Why? Yes. (laughs) Yes, there is. (laughs) Yet another odd aerial phenomenon occurred on July 12th, 1883 aboard the tug Mary McLean. It's a tug boat Ah. as it worked just off the uh, Chicago Harbor. Not the wrestler. From the 80s, by the way. It's Steamboat. Tugboat. No, there, was, there was Tugboat. There was a Tugboat. What wrestler yeah. is Tugboat? Let me You're talking about Steamboat. 
No. Ricky. Was it Steamboat? Ricky. Ricky Steamboat. Hold Isn't on. that his name? Hold on. Ricky the Steamboat. And then uh, hold on. That's his name. No, it was Tugboat. No way. Fred Ottman, Tugboat. <laughs> he looks like a sailor. I know. I He's told a big you. Fat guy. You don't remember this? No. <laughs> Why don't I remember Tugboat? I don't know, but it's funny. Like, the tugboat's coming for you. Yeah, I was thinking of Ricky the Steam. What the? F uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> so this thing happened as it were. Uh, it, anyway, at around uh, 6 p.m., the crew said large blocks of ice as big as bricks began falling out of a cloudless sky. We actually have a picture of it here, which yeah, is pretty so nuts. This is just the lake frozen over with ice oh. chunks. <laughs> but I wanted to show that to, to give you a perspective of how big these ice chunks could be, because this is actually from Lake Michigan, this picture. Wow, that's crazy. Those are big-ass ice chunks. Right. Can you imagine that falling out of the fucking sky above you? No. Oh, my God. The fall continued for about 30 minutes before it stopped. The ice was large enough to put dents in the wooden deck. The crew members br uh, br uh, brought a two-pound chunk of ice ashore with them that night, which they stored in the galley icebox, proving they didn't make up the story. That is absolutely crazy. A two-pound block fall. Imagine that hitting you on the head. Yeah, you'd be gone. Okay, with that, is it possible that maybe a plane accidentally, or maybe they had to drop some weight and they just dropped it going over? Not a two-pound block of ice. You don't think planes don't carry ice to some place? Yeah, but uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That one just seems like there could be some, well, whatever. So littered on the uh, bottom of the Great Lakes are the remains of more than 6,000 shipwrecks gone missing on the Great Lakes since the late 1600s when the first commercial sailing ships began plying the region, most during the heyday of commercial shipping in the 19th century. Just over 20% of those vessels have come to rest at the bottom of Lake Michigan, second only in quantity to Lake Huron. So many of those have disappeared mysteriously in the Michigan Triangle. So what the hell is going on there? Is it aliens? Weather? Portals to another dimension? Well, we may never know, but it's, uh, it's probably aliens. And now, boys and girls, it's your favorite part of the show, the movie review. Which top 10 movies will make the cut today? So we are doing something a little bit different for the movies today. We actually have, uh, well, we've got our good friend, Davey the Vato, straight from Mexico, who's going to do the top 10 movies for us. And today, we are going to be talking about Top ship movies, is that right? The scariest ship horror movies set on the sea? Oh, boy. Yeah? So let's hear what Davey has to say. Hello, ladies and cabrones. This is your friend Davey DeVato. And tonight, I am very excited of being here live on the Midnight Train podcast with you guys. Man, Jonathan Sayer and Jeff Butchko together again. And to make things better, with me, David Abato. What an epic night, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of epic, the guys asked me to be part of the show. And I am a big fan of them both. So, fuck yeah. That being said, I bring you the epic segment of the Midnight Train Podcast, the Top 10 Movies. And in this episode, we are going to review the top 10 scariest sheep horror movies set on the sea. 
All right, passengers, are you ready? Because here we go. Number 10. The Meg. So, in this movie, you have a 75-foot-long prehistoric shark known as the Megalodon, or however you pronounce it. So, he's coming back from the depths of the sea and making the biggest great white shark ever spotted look like a little tuna fish next to it. So this huge old dino shark is killing everyone who dares to get inside the water. And you got Jason Statham, who is the badass expert who is going to kill this huge shark. So a lot of things happen in this movie. And when they finally kill it, the huge prehistoric shark, spoiler alert, they realized that was only the baby shark because mommy dino shark is a hundred times bigger but you know hollywood good guys win but prehistoric shark loses the end number nine anaconda so this movie anaconda <laughs> Okay, listen, you have Jennifer Lopez, you have Ice Cube, and this huge ass anaconda, taller than a building. Okay, you put that together and yeah, <laughs> not a really good movie at all. But okay, let's be honest. Even though this is a terrible movie, if it was real and you were in front of this anaconda, you would probably shit your pants and probably die of a heart attack or I don't know, get eaten by it. Anyway, um, bad movie, moving on. <laughs> let's go. Number eight. The Reef. The Reef is a 2010 Australian horror film and it's about a group of friends sailing to Indonesia and at some point the bottom of their boat hits a reef and flips over and eventually it will sink so the group has to decide what's their best option for survival so they decide to swim to the closest island but little they know they're being stalked by a great white shark now I don't know about you passengers, but if it was me, I would totally shit my pants. My friends would be like, ugh, that's gross, Davey. So they would just leave me behind. They would swim to the closest island and they would get killed by this great white shark. And by the time that I decide to swim to this island, the shark will probably won't be hungry anymore. So I will make it through and survive. So remember, if you're in these situations, just shit your pants and win win, you leave. Number seven. Deep Rising. So this one is basically the movie Aliens, but in the ocean. You have this brand new cruise ship on its first ever trip and it happens to stop across a sea monster that decides to attack this cruise ship and kill all the rich people inside it. Come on! And then you have this group of heroes armed to the teeth, riding jet skis, shooting guns while inside the sinking cruise ship and huge explosions behind them? Some major bullshit if you ask me! Well, I mean, I guess it's a good movie to watch if you have nothing else to watch on Netflix or something, or you're just fucking bored. Anyway, moving on. Number six. Leviathan. 
Okay, passengers, Leviathan. I never watched this one before. Lucky me, I guess. But I did watch the trailer to have a clue on what this movie is about. And, uh, oh my fucking God. All I could get from this trailer is people screaming and dying and dying and screaming. And I think there's some kind of monster involved. And that's it. Yeah. People screaming, people dying, and a monster, cabron. Ah, chingao. Number five. Open water. Passengers, Open Water is based on a true story. And this is a story of Tom and Eileen, who in 1998 went out with a scuba diving group, but they never came back. So basically, in this movie, you have 10 people in your party, and they all go down scuba diving. Two of them come back to the boat for some reason, and then decide to go back into the water right and then you have this asshole who is in charge of counting heads he's like okay two came back to the boat so that's one that's two but they go back to the water and instead of deleting the two he just keeps them on the list so all the group is down there in the water scuba diving and when it's time to go out We have Tom and Eileen who get separated from the group and they did not realize that everybody is going up and they are still down. So when the eight people go back to the boat, the guy in charge of counting heads, he's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, plus two in my list, that's 10. Let's get the fuck out of here. Wrong. You still got Tom and Eileen in the water. Oh my God. Stupid people. Anyway, when Tom and Eileen realize that they are alone, they decide to go back to the surface. And oh my God, there's no one around. The boat is gone. So they are left behind alone in an open water filled with sharks. Holy shit. Passengers, if you want some stressing moments filled with anxiety, this is the movie for you. Number four, Cape Fear. Cape Fear is a 1991 American psychological thriller film directed by Martin Scorsese and a remake of the 1962 film of the same name. The film tells the story of a convicted rapist who, using mostly his newfound knowledge of the law and its numerous loopholes, seeks vengeance against a former public defender. Oh, and he has a scene in a boat out in the water, and that's why the movie made it into this top 10. Yeah. I um, personally never saw this movie, or the original for that matter, but the trailer looks okay and intense. Yeah, you go watch it if you want, if you like Martin Scorsese movies. Anyway, um, moving on. Number three. The Abyss. So this one 
it's kind of weird in my opinion. You have these people going into the deepest waters on Earth to try to rescue a nuclear sub that got ambushed and sunk. And in the deepest waters, they find this weird water-shaped-looking creature, and they fight each other. And this thing, uh, yeah, they, uh, I don't know, they play bumping cards with their multi-million dollar submarines, and some of them die, some of them survive, and yeah, I never watched this one. But, I mean, I did watch the trailer to be able to talk about it and still got nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, it actually looks cool and I might watch it someday, but I don't know. You guys go watch it, I guess. Anyway, next. Number two. Ghost Ship. Okay, passengers, I actually have watched this one long time ago, and I thought it was kind of cool. So, listen, you have this boat salvage crew that discovers the remaining of a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean, and this cruise ship was lost for over 40 years. Now, they managed to get aboard on the ship, and they discover that this decaying vessel is not abandoned or deserted. It's actually home to something more deadly and horrifying than anything they have encountered in all their years at sea. Ghosts! Yeah, this ship is haunted. So a lot of things happen to them, and they try to solve the mystery of this haunted ship while trying to stay alive. It's a really good movie to pass the time if you ask me, so if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Number one. Jaws. Who has never seen this movie, passengers? Come on. This movie actually marked my life. I'm actually scared of the ocean thanks to this movie. So, yeah. When a young woman is killed by a shark while skinny dipping at night, Police Chief Martin Brody wants to close the beaches. But the mayor, he's like, What the fuck? Are you crazy? We can close the beaches! Fearing that the loss of tourist revenue will fuck up the town. So Brody, he gets a team together and goes out in the ocean to hunt this killer shark. And they find themselves in an epic battle of man versus nature. And that's when they realize they're gonna need a bigger boat. And there you have it, passengers. That's the top 10 movies of this episode of the Midnight Train Podcast. This is David Abato, and I will see you next week in the next top 10 movies. Hasta luego, cabrones! Hey! Beautiful. Good job, Davey! Wow. And of course, if you're you know new to the show, or if you need a refresher, that is our Mexican correspondent, David Abato. Yes. Even they are afraid of water from Jaws. Yeah. Jaws fucked up a lot of people. It traveled the world. Yeah, it fucked up a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, boy. And make sure to watch Abyss. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I thought he did great. He did awesome. He did amazing. Very that good was job. so good. I'm glad you put your own little spin on things. You know, I thought that was amazing. So yeah, spice up the top 10. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was awesome. So listen, thank you to Davey on that one. I, I do have a uh, passenger message. Oh, here that I thought was really cool. 
Um, this is from Alex Jones, and no, not that Alex Jones. <laughs> a frog! <laughs> a frog in the water! Yeah, yeah, not that crazy son of a bitch. So he says, hi, my name is Alex, but most people call me Piglet. So first and foremost, hello, Alex, or Piglet, how are you? I am 18. I have to say thank you. Ever since I have found your podcast on Pandora, working in just passing time and going through my day-to-day has become a lot easier. I also want to thank you because your episode on mummies in the intro when you have the soundbite of Stewie saying mom over and over. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That brought back memories of when I used to bug my mom by doing that, and obviously it wasn't intentional, but I am still grateful. I have trouble pulling memories with her back, but that helped. I lost my mom three years ago to breast cancer, but that made me laugh slash cry, but I enjoyed it. Well, sorry I, about your mom, man. Yeah, that sucks. And I'm it glad really we does. were able to rekindle some stuff there. Yeah. Goes on to say, I also enjoy every episode you guys have posted. I have gotten to the season two finale so far. I am a school janitor, so from two to ten, I have nothing but time to think and find your podcast has helped pull me out of a very depressed state. I apologize for the jumping around and hard to follow message. It wasn't hard to follow at all, man. But I hope you all have an amazing time and this podcast continues for a while. Thank you all again. P.S. Fuck Tesla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, can we get a cheers for Piglet? Yeah. Yes. All absolutely. right. Hold right here. Salute. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for the message. Greatly appreciate that, man. And we, uh, yeah, we're glad we can actually, uh, you know, not only rekindle some of those feelings, because I know those are kind of rough. I actually responded and, and told you that my mother passed away right around three, a little over three years ago, I think now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's hard, dude. So I get it. But I'm glad that we can actually help you through your day. Laughter is just, the best medicine. Absolutely. Man. We're a bunch of dummies over here and just know that we enjoy doing this and we, we want to make people happy and smile and give you some little knowledge on the other side of it. You know, yeah, a little so, pick yeah. me up from the, the boring mundane day. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. So listen, we hope you enjoyed your ride with us on the Lake Michigan Triangle. And yes, it's fucking aliens. Right. Or Nessie, Bessie, Bessie. Bessie. Susie. Remember Susie? Susie. Yeah, Susie. <laughs> it's Susie. Gentlemen, brace yourselves. <laughs> Susie's coming. Susie. Susie Off the disc here. <laughs> no, you know what it would be? It would be... Uh, Port side, Susie, sir! You ever seen uh, Spongebob, the, the Krusty Krab... Uh, not the Krusty Krab, uh, Mr. Krabs, when he gets his millionth dollar, and it's the fucking giant oyster, and it's the fucking orchestra in D minor and shit? Uh, Logan, I'm 40 years old. I was about to say, I'm oh. 40 years old. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. at least had kids who watched it. Yeah, yeah but that well, I would put the I kids in it. front of it, and I'd walk away. <laughs> I will be fair. And, and this is me being the overcritical father, but I never, well, it wasn't around when you were little, but when the other ones were little, I Ooh, never yes. like little, little, I never let them watch SpongeBob. I want you to really? Yeah. Your brain grows. I, I always thought it was like the most just stupid shit. Yeah. I wanted them to watch stuff that was like educational and like to learn yeah. something from it. Not, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my mom refused to let me watch Cow- Courage the Cowardly Dog because she felt the same way about that more so than SpongeBob. Really? Oh, uh, I could see that, though. Courage is kind of stupid, too. It's very dark, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. I watched a couple episodes. Oh, my yeah. Lord. I know. Right. So, listen. Next week, by the way, <gasps> we're going to be talking about Mary Shelley. Aha. Uh-huh. And people go, wait a minute. Who's Mary Shelley? Well, she, and yes, I say she because I think it's fucking amazing, is the person who is behind and wrote the story of Frankenstein's monster. You know, Dr. Frankenstein. And we're going to be diving into her entire story. And I'm telling you, it is fucking crazy. So make sure you join us here next week because we're going to be talking about that. And Jeff will be back with us, right? Yeah. And we're going to discuss people with two first names as a full name. Yeah. Like Ricky Bobby. 
Ricky Bobby, Mary Shelley. Yeah. Okay. I'm Tim down. Tim. 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 Yeah. Who the fuck is that? I'm sure there's a Tim. <laughs> Timothy Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you name your kid? It's like someone that names your kid. Like if your last name's Davidson, don't name him David. Yeah. David Davidson. Yeah. John Johnson. It's just like. Er, 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 what? <laughs> Actually, it's kind of cool though. Cause like if you get it, like your dad's name is John and they call you John Johnson. Cause you're John's son. No. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Okay. I want to yeah. be tough. McTufferson. I'm going to be, uh, can I pick my own name? Yeah. All right. I'm going to be tougher than fucking nails. <laughs> Smith. <laughs> you want to be Sergeant Slaughter. That's right. I want to be Miller High Life. Weed. Jones. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> right, 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 right. Hashtag Miller High Life. And listen, our Patreon poopers, listen, if you want to sign up for something cool, we are actually going to be diving into the Toy Box Killer. If you guys don't know who that is, it is a fucked up story about a dude who went across the country for a very long time and did a lot of dastardly shit to a lot of people. And it's, I, I actually have some audio too that Ooh. is going to probably put some people on edge so like phone call audio or uh or interrogation audio you'll have to hear it it's neither of those oh nice it's fucked nice. it's fucked so make sure you sign up for patreon over there because it's going to be uh yeah a little bit uh you know on the weird side so stop over to our official website the midnight train podcast.com over there you can sign up to become a patreon pooper or you can go on into our store and buy all kinds of sweet merchandise hey, like christmas is coming guys right like this is the perfect gift it's affordable Everybody will love it. Yeah. I think, I th listen, and it's good shit too. Yeah. Like it's actually good, good shit. quality like stuff. Yeah. The Duke of Finger Pump shirt is one of my favorites. Of course, we have the Dome Bia de Salvo. We have plenty of just the shirts with the logo on them. We have phone cases and I mean, hats. I mean, you name it. We've got all kinds of cool shit over there. And listen, for Christmas, you can also get yourself some soap. Oh, that's right. And I'm talking about the best soap. Dr. Squatch is changing the way men approach hygiene by providing all natural, high quality, healthy products like bar soaps, hair care, colognes, beard oils, and more that make you feel like a man, smell like a champion. Jeff, have, do you use Dr. Squatch yet? No, I need to get on this. On, you you on have to. Here. You have to. Well, yeah. you, if you use our, our code here, you can get 20% off. And I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Do they have a scent that's cedar and power tools? Yes. I need that in yeah. my life. It's definitely cedar. I know that for a fact. Like, I want to smell like I just came out of the wood shop. Like, hey, what's up? Dude, I'm they hungry. Have, they have a Star Wars pack. Oh, what? And it's amazing. Oh. It's amazing. They've got a Darth Maul, a Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Obi Kenobi, a... Darth Vader and a Yoda in the four pack. Samantha, I know you're listening to this. Christmas ideas. <laughs> it's awesome. I actually bought two. One to keep as because it, it comes in a collector's box. Nice. And then I, the other ones I'm actually using, and they're awesome. Hell they're yeah. amazing. So uh, for all you people out there, great, great ideas. And if you want to save some money on that, listen, you can get 20% off your first subscription. Just head on over to the Midnight Train Podcast dot com forward slash sponsors or just go to our website and click on the sponsors button and then go to down to the banner and you'll see the little thing it says you know click here use promo code dsc squatch 20 you'll get 20 percent off your first subscription like what more it's amazing you want? this is a perfect christmas gift especially for the geek in your life you know if you have like a oh, geek or nerdy friend it's amazing yeah you buy it yeah. Use the promo code, save some money so you can get some Christmas ale. But I, but I'm telling you right now, that's awesome. I, I'm telling you right now, though, you will not. I would not have this on the show right now if I didn't 100% believe in it. And when I I'm I wake up every day, I take a shower, and that's my favorite part. Is that you take a shower every day? Yeah, yeah. 
Do you? Okay, wait, I lied. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I do, but do you? I mean, I do, but it, I don't wash my hair every day because, you know, you got to let the, 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 the thickness, you know. I, I don't know what that's like. I mean, yes. if you asked me 20 years ago, I could tell you, but. Wait, what's hair? Yeah. What, what's yeah. that? It's on your back. Oh, you mean the shit I had to shave <laughs> off my ass today? Yeah. That hair, it all slid down. Oh, yeah. yeah. So also do us a favor and stop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now and give us a five-star review. Five stars helps. And while you're there, like, follow, subscribe, or whatever the hell you can do there. By the way, now that I'm back, I need more recipes, people. So let's Ooh, start yeah. posting them on the reviews. Crock-pot. Oh, yeah. Crock-pot recipes. Yeah. yeah. Preferably chicken. Yeah, if you're new here, Jeff wants crockpot recipes all the time. Yes, Even yeah. though Jeff is now married. Yeah. But yeah. She's looking for crockpot recipes too. Oh, okay, cool. So, you know, can we yeah. can we hitch on that? Can we do air fryer recipes too? I like th- I like that because I use my air fryer dude, a lot. Okay. Dude, dude, Sid yeah. found a freaking making a s'mores in an air fryer. Pop tart, it'll change your life. Dude, really? 350 degrees for three minutes. Oh my god. Both Pop Tarts in there. That's gonna be our new uh, podcast, mm-hmm. by the way. It's gonna be air fryer recipes. Oh, oh, it was yes. Pop Tart. But we're gonna make it like <laughs> ASMR. So the entire time we're like So the Pop Tart <laughs> When it comes out, you're going to take the butter. <laughs> Everyone's like, <"Ugh." laughs> yeah, yeah. but there are some who are like, ooh, yes. Well, yeah, I mean, some Speak people like that. More. So, awesome. Listen, if you like what you hear from us, consider being a producer of the show by heading over to the Midnight Train Podcast.com. That's all one word, the Midnight Train Podcast.com, and click on the Patreon button at the very top of the page, or just go on over to Patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train Podcast. For as little as $5 a month, you can get all kinds of cool stuff like. Custom shirt, custom poster, custom stickers, all kinds of cool shit. And you get quarterly stickers. You get all kinds of cool cool stuff. And it's like the price of like, what, two gallons of gas right now? Not even. Yeah, it's cheaper than any streaming service. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And yeah. I saw the new stickers. They're awesome. Yeah. That, you guys yeah, are going to yeah. want them. They're yeah. really cool. The looking. new stickers are awesome. Oh, and, and thank you for bringing that up because uh, if you guys just send us your email, we're going to shoot you out a bunch of stickers. And we have a little thing going on. It's probably going to start in the beginning of next year. We're going to give people time. And um, basically, you shoot us a picture of wherever you stuck that sticker, and we're going to see who wins every month. And every month, someone's going to win, and we're going to give you some fucking personalized swag. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be awesome. So just send us your email, and we'll definitely send you out the stickers. So, And also, if you want those bonuses, sign up to our Patreon, all right? That's that's pretty much all it is. But word of mouth, listen, even if you don't want to sign up for that and you just like the show, let people know about us. You can follow us on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, we're all over the place. Make sure you're checking out Milo's Midnight Menagerie over there on YouTube as well. Which he's taking a little break, I oh, heard. Oh, my, oh really? Yeah, I, I haven't heard that yet. The other day. I haven't Venmoed him yet. Yeah, that's probably why he's taking a break. Son of a bitch. But he, he will be back from time to time. Is that what, what it is? Told me. Yeah, but he said he's really upset that he never got his paycheck. Fucking hell. And Freddie did. I actually, I did pay Freddie. Yeah, he got paid, yeah. but Milo did not. Son of a bitch. So. Wait a minute. I paid... <laughs> Freddie got paid. The raccoon got paid. Mm-hmm. Todd got paid. Todd West got, Green Tree got paid. Yeah. But yeah, Milo didn't. So he's he's going to take a little Ooh. hiatus. Yeah, he's probably upset. Which is okay. He'll be back. That's fine. I'll, I'll have a talk with him. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. So listen, we can't thank you enough for all of the love and support we've received. You passengers really do keep the train moving. Thank you so much for listening. And a very, very special thank you to our fearless pay- 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 <laughs> Patreon poopers. <laughs> To my dude, Nathan Diekman, who signed up. He signed up to become a pooper. Nice. At the $5 level. At the $10. I'm sorry. At the $10 level, I walked over. I said, dude, why'd you do that? He's like, well, because I want the shit. I'm like, well, if you just do the $25 one, 
and then, you know, do it for three months and then knock it down to five after that, you get like a shirt and all kinds of shit. Dude, like 10 minutes later, it was like ding, ding, ding. And he already signed up for awesome. it. Awesome. So, dude, Nate, thank you so much, Nate. You have no idea how much it means to me. And and he's actually the one that gave me the idea for doing the creepy Antarctica. Oh, uh, episode. can we call him Nate Dog? Nate Dog. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure he's okay with that. He's got a luscious beard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His, his, beard, his beard's pretty good. Yeah. Better than Moody's? Uh, different than Moody's. Yeah. Oh. Moody's is like long, where his is like very like manicured. It's oh, very, yeah, it's thick. Cool. Okay. So yes, to uh, to <laughs> Nathan <laughs> Diggs, fake. <laughs> <laughs> to Nathan Digman, Hank Sanchez, uh, Stacy Luconan, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKenney, Trent Scott, John and Kate Deshaunay, Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Albert Lopez, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunzelman, Margaret Atkins, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, Mac Darty, Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, Gina Madison. Janet Sherrill, Laura Randall, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Fun Box Podcast. Make sure you're checking out the Fun Box Podcast because Rob's awesome over there. Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartolome from the Sister Skelton Podcast. Sisters. The Sister Skelton. Sister Skelton. They just dropped a uh, Christmas Massacres episode. I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, I caught some of it. It's pretty good. Yeah, is it good? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So make sure you get over there. Tell them we said hi. And uh, also to uh, Maria Gibbs, to Chainsaw. What the fuck? Jigsaw, Rick Resler, Courtney Batchelor, Katie Brabinick, and of course, our boy Bill Birch. I don't have that button, Bill. Sorry. Oh, good for you. <laughs> spot on, mate. Spot on. Perfect, perfect. So spread the word. And if you want your name to be mentioned on the show and for us to be forever grateful, become a Patreon producer. Okay, so listen, stay safe out there. Jeff, it's good to have you in the seat next oh, to me. It's great again, to be man. back, man. Yeah? Yeah. Moody is out there hunting Sasquatch. He's going to get him. Yeah? And we're going to be eating Sasquatch. Yeah. Oh, I, can't, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for him to let us know how things are going out there. But we can't use steak sauce. He'll be offended, just so you yeah, know, yeah, Logan. True, true. Yeah. No ketchup. Oh, damn. You have to savor the meat. Can we at least like do like a ketchup glaze? No, no, no. See, uh, what is it? Fucking meatloaf? How about a marinade? Ooh, wait a minute. Sasquatch meatloaf. Ooh, oh, you're on something there, bud. That All could right. be good. Some mashed potatoes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that. Oh. That sounds fucking delicious. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. Mm. So stay safe out there, passengers. And as always, choo choo, motherfucker. <laughs> now go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs> <laughs>